Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, pod people, and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the show where two movies with something in common go head-to-head to figure out which one did it best. On this week's Match of the Day... In the home end, a team filled with footballers and movie stars play for their lives during World War II in 1981's Escape to Victory. In 1942, the Nazis thought they were sitting on top of the world, never suspecting that they could be toppled in one conflict, the most unusual battle of the war. It has been decided that a German national team will play a combined team from the prisoners of war of the occupied territories. That's crazy. A stacked game. The Third Reich's finest against a ragged bunch of prisoners of war. And in the away end, young Santiago Munez trades Mexican sunshine for Geordie Rain to fight for a spot in the Champions League in 2005's goal. Santiago Munez had a day job and a night job. But every other moment, he lived for the game. You can get yourself to England. Newcastle United will give you a trial. That's a big club. Very big club. He'll pursue a dream 6,000 miles from home. I have a tryout for Newcastle United. You want to lay off the black pudding? What is it exactly? You don't want to know. So who lifts the silverware? And which film is sick as a parrot? You're about to find out in Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Podders. I'm Chris Tilly. I'm Vicky Crompton. And this week we have our first ever special guest because as as Alex is sunning himself in Los Angeles we've temporarily replaced him with one of this country's finest broadcasters (laughs) and a man we've got on loan from world-renowned Football Ramble podcast it's Pete Donaldson it was more Alex leaving you needed someone who knew a a modicum a a tiny amount about football and very little about uh, film what are you saying (laughs) I think he's gutted to not be here you reckon and I think we asked you, Pete, before we knew Alex was going to be away. <laughs> oh, this, so well, this, this could have been a four-header. This could have been a four-person four-header, pod. Right, okay. Um, so how are you feeling, Pete? I'm good. I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed that I couldn't re- review a proper film. Because <laughs> <laughs> these are both silly. 
<laughs> Don't give it away. From Pete. start to finish, silly, silly, silly. Well, these are my choices, and actually, uh, mm. I nearly picked uh, Escape to Victory and Meme Machine. That was what I was initially thinking. Yes, because they're both football behind bars would have been the connection there. Right. But then, when I knew you were coming on, I thought we should, we could do with some Newcastle. Because yeah. you are a Hartlepool man with Newcastle in your heart. Mm. Yeah, pivot to somewhere, something a bit more commercially kind of. It was a bit of a hit, wasn't it? Goal, it made a bit of cash. It did, yeah. Probably, yeah. It, it did all right. Um, Second and third less so, but. <laughs> do we need to discuss what the connection is? Have you got some guesses, Vicky? I've got two guesses. Okay, here we go. So these are films where I really, truly began to understand why it's important to pass. So I've watched football <laughs> a few times yeah. and everyone I'm sat with, pass it, pass it. It's like, but he's got it. So I don't get it. Like, yeah. run with it and kick it into that net. Yes. yes. That's right. Anyway, it was explained to me in each of these films, the ball moves faster than you do. Mm. So pass it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Love it. And also, is the, are these the first two films that have caused um, a podcast induced anxiety dream? <laughs> it's never happened before and I had a really... Really horrible dream last night, a podcast anxiety dream. And this room was full of people and I wasn't wearing any makeup. And it was horrendous. I'm glad you said makeup there. I thought it was yeah. going to be a lot yeah, more yeah, serious. No, no, not that kind. I looked like an old ghost without makeup. Why would that be anxiety inducing and just as a lot of people? Um, I thought it was going to be like that you didn't know much about football and correct. worried about reviewing these. Correct. Yeah. Right. I'm out of my depth. Yeah. I feel very hopelessly underprepared. Yeah, but I don't know anything about film and also <laughs> these films. <laughs> and also, if we're honest with ourselves, I don't know much about football either. So <laughs> Chris is going to have to very much shoulder a lot of this. Right. I should have picked two video game movies, shouldn't I, Pete? <laughs> ah, they're even worse. <laughs> There's not a good video game movie worth its salt. <laughs> um, the connection is football. Right. Right. Moving swiftly on. I, I had a connection. Did you not want a connection oh, from me? I didn't, I didn't ask you to, to come up with one, oh, so I right. didn't know if you have one. Okay. Mate, I went through all the MDBs. The the the, the, the manager of the of the Chinese restaurant. He were, he was in big trouble in Little China. I was trying to find a connection <laughs> there with one of the older actors from Escape to Victory because it ran about the same time. Um, Bobby Robson, the uh, Newcastle slash Ipswich manager, was instrumental in creating both of these sides. Wow, that is a really, really good connection. One and also they both contain bicycle kicks of varying uh, degrees of uh, proficiency, Mm -hmm. and also two career-threatening slash ending injuries. Oh yeah. Okay. This is that's really good. Incredible. I've prepped, baby. And that's better than my connection, so we'll go oh. with those as the connection for the first time in the history of Clash. What is your connection? Football. football. <laughs> They've both got a football in them. Well, if, it was, if it's that easy, this is Route 1 stuff. It's normally better than that, but we dumbed it down for you, Pete. Okay, thanks, man. <laughs> All right, we do this uh, in chronological order. So uh, the first film is Escape to Victory from 1981, and so I am going to intro it. Escape to Victory is a film about a group of World War II POWs using a football match against the German officers as a smokescreen to escape, who in the process discover that coats and hats are more effective than the French resistance. (laughs) Directed by two-time Oscar winner John Huston, the film stars Rocky, Alfie, (laughs) Ozzy, Pelly (laughs) and a papier-mâché dummy. To put it bluntly, if Aloha Loa had done a football episode, it would have looked something like this. The most unusual battle of the war. It has been decided that a German national team will play a combined team from the prisoners of war of the occupied territories. That's crazy. The Germans thought they had it made. 
They couldn't run about for 90 minutes. They'd be chucking their guts up. This match is a propaganda stunt for the Germans. It's a wonderful opportunity for us. The Allied High Command called them crazy. And maybe they were. We want you to contact the resistance for us and arrange the escape of the football team. Victory. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Michael Caine, Max von Sydow, and introducing Pele. How'd you like to play football against the Germans? Why not? There was a bit of a lower low in the French resistance kind of uh, section, wasn't there? Yeah. I think there's a lower low all over this. There really is. The the, the British Escape Committee. Um, Okay, so uh, let's talk about this. Well, when did you first see this? Vicky, I'm guessing it was this week. (laughs) Hey. It was this week, <laughs> and what a treat it was! Uh, Peter, did you grow up with this movie? No, I really didn't. Oh. I got into football quite late, so it was hmm. more of a like a twenty-five-year-old man. What the hell is this all about? <laughs> and because of the, the the people who were starring in it, people like John Walk, the footballer, and Pele, the most famous footballer on earth, <laughs> set in a prison of war camp during the Second World War. It was kind of confusing as to when it was filmed. It's a bit like Happy Days. Yeah. You're never sure when it was actually made. Yeah. Um, but when it first kind of, when it presented the Prisoner of War camp, it's a lovely set, isn't it? I was going to say, it's similar beautiful. to Happy Days, maybe it's a sort of rose-tinted view of what a Prisoner of War camp. Very Not much Not that so. Happy Days is like a Prisoner of War camp, but more like... A nostalgic view at a, you, a certain point in time. It looks like glamping. I'm not being funny. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit bullins. It was a bit bullins. I have been on holidays far fucking worse than that. It was a bit like, you know when they showed, when Steven Spielberg, Spielberg uh, showed the kids from Goonies that pirate ship for the first time. They didn't, <laughs> he didn't want them to see the pirate ship until he saw the, the full-size pirate ship that yep. him and them sloth were going to hang out on. Um, I was a bit like the Prisoner of War camp. I was like, that's a... That looks awesome. Yeah, it does. But it's a prisoner of war camp where people are killed. But it's so clean. It is so clean. And comfortable. And comfortable. No one's that thin. Look, it's the until the until the uh, Europeans arrive. Until but yeah, the, the mute checks turn okay, up. We'll, we aren't allowed to speak. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Do you know who was the advisor for the uh, concentration camps? Not the prisoner of war camp scenes. Mm. Uh, the person that runs Goebbels. It was. Did you say Goebbels? <laughs> It was Desmond Llewellyn who played Q in the James Bond movies. Oh, okay. Uh, his acting career was interrupted by the war and he spent five years in prison in Colditz. Did he? Yeah, which I never knew about him. His, his real life was more interesting than the films he was in. Yeah. Um, so we've got him to blame. Okay. For this. And does that mean Colditz was actually... A right nice. laugh. Yeah, it was nice. A right laugh. <laughs> Basically fine. Um, so do you know the background to this story in uh, terms of the true story behind Escape to Victory? No. The, the Ukrainian football match, was it? Yes. Yeah. Which is quite... Yeah, so this is based in some form of reality, Vicky. Right. Which is not funny, but no. I will give you that story now, so you've got a bit of context. Um, and I've, I'm just going to read this verbatim from Bleacher Report, because I don't really want to get it wrong. But um, So it's loosely based on the legend of FC Start from the occupied Ukraine, who in 1942 took on a German eleven in an encounter later known as the Death Match. Start, who consisted mainly of former professionals from the temporarily disbanded Dynamo Kiev, played several matches against teams of occupying German soldiers, winning them all convincingly. Uh, the Nazis didn't take kindly to this, and they set up a match against a crack German team. Um, but the caveats were the Nazis appointed uh, the referee and told them there would be repercussions should they win. Uh, Start defiant, defiantly won 5-3, and a week later the team were rounded up and sent to a labour camp, with rumours of them being tortured and killed. Um, Details of it's much disputed, but mm. certainly the match happened. It's okay. just what happened. Whether the 
that's true what happened afterwards. We're not I think, sure. I think it's proved that def- a couple of players definitely lost their lives. Yeah, and, it, and, and that was turned into a Hungarian movie called The Last Goal or Two Halves in Hell. Mm. And so there, there is Ooh, that's some... That's a strong title. Yikes. It's a good title, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's not um, Hellraiser from last week. <laughs> so that's the reality, but that's not much fun. No, um, no. But as you said, Bobby Robson is the man who, who also Bobby Robson is the man who made this all happen. Mm. I think, wasn't he friends with somebody from the uh, production staff? Yeah, they just say he had friends in the film industry. And you can imagine that of Bobby, can't you? He likes He's a nice chap. He says yes to everything. He's a, he's a kind of, a, are you familiar with Bobby Robson? Oh, don't ask me. He's I... just basically, I'm trying to sort of, he's a nice Santa kind of like jolly <laughs> chap who has integrity and just to check he, he plays football is that correct he manages football teams in, in in modern well, he, he parts played. he played, he played, he played. and then he managed England in the 1990 World Cup and there's Cup. a Bobby Robson and there's also a Bobby Moore is that correct yes. and, and there a, are two different people and a Brian Robson but he's not involved in this no. see how hard it is to keep up though when everyone's called Brian and Gary yeah no and... honestly I love listening to this show it's one of my favourite shows and I love the trivia um, but when you talk about actors I've never heard of <laughs> It's, it's a bit like that. It's a bit like okay. that. Okay. Note mean, to I, self. I struggle with that as well. Uh, so John Walk, as, as Pete mentioned, I don't know why it is. John Walk is the funniest person who's involved in this. And just the thought of John Walk in a Hollywood film. Is... He lo- yeah, he, he's a man who looks, he's a Scottish footballer who looks like your friend's dad from the 80s. <laughs> Big old Tash, probably works in electronics, supplies your dad with pornography. And it's just, he just looks like a man who does that. And, and he's somehow... Uh, a, a, a Premier, I think it was Premier. Yeah, he, yeah. he eventually he was, was a very Premier good League footballer. footballer, very good footballer, and he is somehow starring in a, in a piece of celluloid. <laughs> and, and did you notice that he's on the bench for the match? Yeah. Uh, that's because they were playing against a, a, a team of Hungarian pros, mm. and he got injured, uh, so he couldn't actually play in the finale match, and he missed the first <laughs> few weeks of preseason. Nice, <laughs> love your job. So this was all filmed in uh, the summertime because there was no there was no Euros there was no um, World Cup to play yeah uh, so they got uh, the chance to go to was it Budapest or Bucharest well um, I've got a quote from John Walk on it he oh. says um, some guy in the film industry knew Bobby Robson he came to the ground and asked if any of us wanted to take part in the movie five of us put our hands up and that was only because we weren't doing anything that summer we genuinely didn't realise how big it was going to be until we were in Hungary and so it was it was him Russell Osman Laurie Savelle. Kevin O'Callaghan, Robin mm. Turner, Paul Cooper, Kevin Beatty. Um, and he said, we got there and there was Michael, Michael Caine and Pele, who we weren't expecting. Uh, we were thought we were just there for the football and then they started handing out scripts. And we had to act as well. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I can't <he> read. <laughs> and a Danish striker who's, who's in the film, a guy mm. called uh, Soren Lindstedt, um, says those Ipswich footballers were crazy. They had so many parties and turned up on set hungover almost every day. I do remember the first night I arrived, I was invited to Mick Summerby and Bobby Moore's hotel room where everyone was drinking, um, especially Dana. He loved his vodka. It was only when the wives turned up that they started to behave themselves. <laughs> so this sounds like it was a fun movie to work on. Sure. Yeah, I imagine so. Um, yeah, I think Callahan was Callahan the he was the striker for Ipswich, wasn't he? Yeah. But he played a keeper in it. He did. His arm was going to his arm got broken, didn't it? Yes, in so it's really confusing. Yeah, it is but very he's a confusing. Striker, but <laughs> and, but and the, the actual Ipswich keeper was um, Sylvester Stallone's body double for the saving. Yes, which is confusing. oh, because he couldn't do it. 
Because it's a salon, I mean. catching a ball, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I know. So, yeah, we should say, so we've got these footballers, but we've also got um, Sylvester Stallone and mm. Michael Caine. Yeah. Uh, it was in a bit of a strange time in Stallone's career. Actually, in Caine's career as well. I, yeah. I don't think Stallone had had much of a hit since uh, Rocky. Mm. Uh, he, he brought a lot of baggage to set. That's what I heard anyway. He, was, he wanted to be the big I am. He, he, he caused problems. He, he disappeared to Paris for a few days for no good reason and came back. This is the plot and... of the film. You're getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> fell in love with a woman contacted like the French resistance yeah. went back yeah. for some reason just skipped through a bath well I, I, I read somewhere I'm not sure if this is true that Kevin Beatty had more of a role in the film but when he lost when he beat Stallone in an arm wrestle he was suddenly reduced to like an extra <laughs> right he took it alright Stallone famously wanted to score like the winning goal until someone explained to him you're the goalkeeper they don't generally do that so, oh, it has happened doesn't it see football knowledge yeah I'm oh, going to say yeah. I'm going to say Stallone has roundly been mocked for this and okay. yeah in, in, a, in a game that's, that's drawing or you're one goal down in mm. the last minute You'll yeah. get your... it's not that mad to have the no, goalie go up I guess not no I guess not <laughs> So yeah, Sly, Sly was, yeah. <laughs> watch and learn. Sly, Sly was ahead of the game when it when it comes to that. He, he really could have been was. the Jimmy Glass of World War Two, whatever that means. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the film is set in an unspecified year, which I think is 1941, mm. because it has to be before Brazil joined the war. Yes, hence why Pele plays a bloke from Trinidad. Yeah, yeah, and it's during the German occupation of France. And it's uh, when it's, they have to explain how Sylvester Stallone's there as oh, well. He's Canadian. Canadian. He says he's Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to fight in the war, and so he enlisted in the Canadian Army. Yeah, because the Americans were not having that at that point no, in time. No, no. You want to fight in the war, you do it off your own merits. Yeah. So we'll I'm saying it's later. so I'm saying it's 41, which then is it's all quite funny. It, Michael Caine, uh, who plays John Colby, who played for West Ham in England in the film, and they said that the war interrupted his playing career. Um. <laughs> He was in his late forties. I've I've figured out at the time. Who Michael Caine? Yes, right. So he was not in. Uh, there's certain shots where he's got a bit of a gut. Yes, <laughs> doesn't look like a professional footballer. He does not for one second. Doesn't look like he's spending time in a camp either. I don't no. think you ever see him actually playing football with his face on screen. No, well, it, well, <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? Like this film is good for the football fan uh, compared to the other film we're going to be talking about later on uh, because. This is a film where the footballers become actors rather than the other way around. So a lot of right, so yeah. a lot of the football is very good. Yeah, but Michael Caine clearly cannot even run. Yeah, so there's a lot of head head to feet to action <laughs> cuts. Yeah, uh, and Max von Sydow plays a German officer who mm. who they say played for Germany in 1938. And I worked out he would have been 49 when he was representing Germany. Cool. Yeah. So some of the math doesn't quite add up in this film, mate. It's Albert Finney job. Is it, who played until he was like 53? I can't remember. Not Albert. St- Finney. Stanley Matthews. Stanley Matthews. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> was, did Albert Finney even play football? No, I'm talking nonsense. <laughs> I told you I don't know anything about football. He's Chris. A, you're shouting out actors' names randomly. I was like, oh, I know that name. You think this is getting retweeted? From the football account, I don't think so. <laughs> Listen to how much I know. <laughs> um, so it starts with kind of a brutal cold open with, with an escapee being gunned down from this prison of war camp, and then yeah. we we meet the escape committee, mm. <laughs> who I'm a big fan of. Yes. Stiff upper lip, uh, British snobs, yeah, who look down on the rest of the camp but are trying to sort of uh, free people. Um, 
So they talk about, they, they seem to have wire cutters. They've made a camera. Mm. They don't have a scene where someone smuggles in stuff, uh, stuff up their bum, though. Like, how no, did all no. this stuff get into the prison I of war I would camp? be interested to know how much of it is based on real things. Like, having the camera, and they've got, like, uh, stamps for forgeries, like, etched into a shoe brush and stuff like that. Like, right. that stuff is really cool. Yeah. Mm. Is it real, or has someone just come up with it? And that could never maybe, possibly have happened. Maybe Q from James Bond. Oh, that mm. would make a lot of sense, actually. He came up with it. <laughs> yeah, and then was like... James Bond. Well, but, it's quite playful at that point, isn't it? Because the, the film starts with a death. Yeah, and yes. there's, there's nothing bad happens at all after that. No, like, the Germans literally forget that they've got guns in their hands. Yeah, and <laughs> frequently. Never, I don't even seem to threaten anyone. No. There's never anyone like Michael Caine's like, look, give us beer and chips and we'll do this football thing. <laughs> and Max Monster is like, well, it's kind of fine. And now but, this player. Yeah, yeah. And now what this? And they're like, well, fuck, so I suppose we've got to give it to you. No, yeah. you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> put a gun to his head and say sorry I told you to play a game of football have you forgotten where you are and also we want you to lose so <laughs> you're not getting any of that stuff it's well, just I liked the cold up and it's terrifying you know getting tangled in the wire mm. but nothing bad happens to anyone to the point where when they the thing with the dummy the faking of the of Sylvester Stallone because he's escaped mm. when they are discovered they piss themselves laughing <laughs> now, surely an angry Nazi is a bad Nazi. I mean, any Nazi's a, b- a bad one on the sliding sure. scale of naughty. Yeah. They are the They're naughtiest. not good. But, you They're know, not good. Not known to have been kind-hearted people. You don't want to get on the wrong side of a prison guard. I don't think so. And I don't think you want to humiliate one. I think no. it's a key thing. No. no. So as you said, the idea is a German officer played by von Sydow suggests they play a game uh, for morale and, and a challenge and because he loves football. And so Michael Caine's character, Colby, uses it uh, to get special rations, uh, proper gear and beer is what he requests. <laughs> proper enough. gear and beer. <laughs> if, if it's confined to officers, I'm not playing. Um, <laughs> I want a decent team, the lads. <laughs> the lads. <laughs> lads and beer. Perfect. And the lads involves Luis Fernandez from Trinidad, played by Pele. Mm. Uh, I, I who, like... learned, who learned to do football with the oranges or something? What <laughs> oh do you say? yeah, he says something really. Short. It's not like oh, I just was good at football. It's yeah. like no, it has to be something. I have to be an absolute caricature. <laughs> yeah. But no, but Pele talks about that a lot. Like mm, any time, yeah. any interview you see with Pele, he does talk about uh, learning to play football using oranges on the streets of and mm. the favelas. So they, 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 I feel like they did t- write a lot of stuff in once they secured Pele's services. Yeah. How old was Pele at this point? It was 1981, wasn't it? It was the year of my birth. Yeah, so what? he was born in 1940, so he's 41. Right. Okay. So he could still... 1939. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he'd only retired. Like, he'd like, only just well, retired yeah. from playing in America, so yeah. for, for Santos. Um, it's a beautiful rendition of, of, of him, because it's, it, te- it's almost technical. The, the actual, um, actual uh, photography is beautiful. Like, mm. it's, it's lovely colours in there. Yeah, and It's he's... not that grey, kind of bluey, kind of like... It's not... Life is beautiful. It's not life is life is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not that. It's colourful, yeah, because well they insist on getting the kits and I'll tell you what, this film has got some beautiful kits in it. It's Stallone's um goalkeeping kit, I wouldn't mind myself, even though you know for a fact that heavy cotton would really, really Sorry, um, are you doing a you bit down. or is this real? No, no, no real. the kits look good. Really? Yeah, they're beautiful. Lovely Did rich colours. Mm. Didn't even know. My brother has uh the goalie kit. Really? Yeah, yeah. How does that work? Was well, that it became like a fashion thing, you know. What, to wear the, the kit. The well, they sold them. The they Canadian s- Sylvester Stallone goalkeeper <laughs> wore yeah, well, in his skip to victory. Yeah, well, you know, wow. the, like, like replica, like classic shirts and things. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it was sold in the same shops. Right. Yeah. Okay. It, it does look good. <laughs> I know what I'm getting Pete for Christmas. <laughs> Get me some uh, fly back hair. 
from last week. Um, but then... <laughs> <laughs> that I can do. Uh, you need pliers for that. Um, but then, the as you briefly touched on, the tone changes pretty quickly when uh, Kane insists on getting uh, Eastern European footballers in. It mm. changes quickly, but only for 30 seconds. Yes. Uh, so... So those uh, footballers are in labour camps and the Germans don't see them as existing, but nevertheless, mm. Kane insists. Uh, and they arrive and they are skeletal in appearance. They've mm. got this haunted look. They haven't obviously... Can't eat their peaches properly. Can't eat their food. Mm. Um, I first watched this when I was a kid. And this is how I basically found out about the Holocaust was through this film. Right. Which mm. is a strange thing. I've, I learned a lot of stuff from this film about the war, actually, which is weird because it's quite a frivolous football film. It really is fluffy, <laughs> isn't it? But no, this is how I learned about the French Resistance because I watched it with my parents and I was asking all these questions. Oh, what? Was a law law not enough for you? <laughs> Unbelievable. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. What were you doing when a law law was on? Why weren't you watching it with yeah. your parents like everybody else? Why are you not regarding a law law, Chris? <laughs> Nice one. You know what? Maybe I thought Alo Alo wasn't real, but I thought, well, because it wasn't real. <laughs> so it's very high concept if it's not real. Like, we're going to invent a resistance movement and then play lightly with that. have to write some slash fiction that matches the two up. Like Stallone trying to rescue the Madonna with the big boobies. <laughs> but part of me kind of respects them for actually trying to put this stuff in there in terms of let, this. We are making a World War II film. Let's try and touch upon some of the serious mm. subjects rather than just having a complete laugh. Right. Yeah, yeah I'd have that. Uh, but then it's back to the fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the training, the training montages. Uh, oh, remind me. What happens in the training montages? Mm. Well, they're just, Nothing. They just, well, no, they do very strange sit-ups. Oh, yeah. Like which, bum to bum. Yep. Yeah. Nice. I'll be honest. I hope that a lot of the training uh, exercise they're doing this were sound because me and my brother <laughs> did used to do them. <laughs> we were like six you saw them in the film like, oh we'll get fit we'll do this and then I've watched them now and think what the hell were we thinking I love that uh, maybe you're a couple of years a couple of years older um, than me yeah. I, I, I just love the fact that, that this was part of your childhood escape childhood. I, probably, I probably watched this maybe 15 times right probably five times with my parents mm. every Christmas it would, we'd put it on after yeah. the first Christmas because it mm. The whole family got into this film. Yeah. And a bit for, it had a bit for everyone, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and funny enough, when I mentioned on Twitter that we were doing this, several people did message saying how much it meant to them in terms of watching it with their family. So right. I think it was just a tea time Christmas movie, yeah. you know, in the early 80s. And, right. And so for, for a very specific part of that generation, it's a big film. And then for everyone else, no <laughs> one's heard of it silly. or seen no. it. This weird blip on Stallone and Kane's CVs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get the French resistance sequence. Mm. Yeah. So Stallone, uh, as part of trying to help them to escape, uh, escapes himself and goes and meets with the resistance. Mm-hmm. Vicky. It's, it's, it's just a different film, isn't it? It's just like Stallone went, I want to be the star here. Yeah. Give, I me, think a, give me my own film. You've hit the nail on the head. I <laughs> doubt this sequence was in the original script until he signed up. Yeah. And it's I timed it. It's 22 minutes. <laughs> it <laughs> could be nothing. cut out of the movie. That genuinely, as a kid, I would always, with my brother, we'd always forward wind through it. It's 20 minutes, we can get through. We know this bit, it's boring. There's a there's this weird romance that we don't care not about. Not a romance, no. Uh, is it not? It's a love story, no. isn't it? No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. He turns <laughs> up, he's in a safe house in Paris, and there's a woman there, and she is a, a core member of the French Resistance. 
he basically overstays his welcome actually and he's chatting to her like what what is he saying to her like what a dick like he's like I just want to be your friend oh, not even that what I don't know he's chatting her up mm. she bafflingly mm. finds this acceptable at, at least acceptable possibly also the most alluring thing that's ever happened to her which is ridiculous <laughs> but like get this threatening man out of my house like yeah. don't speak like you are only safe because of me shut up and he's like I can't even remember he's like why don't you sit down next to me or something awful why don't you speak French you're from Canada yeah <laughs> a good point <laughs> yes exactly um and then she's brought back later to sort of watch him play the football match and sort of pine for him a bit but based on having met him and been spoken like at. he just speaks at her <laughs> for five minutes and she's like wow that was that was it Intense. for me that was electric it's <laughs> did you buy into that love story no again i just mm. fast forward yeah. through it and it was it, it, it in memories, memories served me. I, I just couldn't remember this part of the film at all, to be honest. Well, because she threatens to get a man. Well, she, he thinks, Sylvester Stallone mm. thinks she's threatening to get a man. She's like, I'm going to go get Francois. And he's like, oh, I don't want to cause any trouble. It's like, well, stop chatting her up then when she's clearly busy <laughs> and trying to do something. And then she's like, oh, don't worry, Francois is my sleeping child. And he's like, fucking brilliant, bingo. <laughs> I mean, uh, she's a single mum, hooray. The only thing I thought vaguely interesting this time in that sequence is I noticed how much she looks like Adrian from Rocky. Okay. Okay, yeah. Could have been the same woman. Could have been the same woman. <laughs> um, so then Stallone weirdly has to break into the prisoner of war camp uh, again to or get himself captured so that he can tell them about the plan, even though there's a moment a bit later in the film where the little kid comes on the pitch and so he didn't need to do that. The no. kid could have just done it. Yeah. Would um, he have just been shot immediately? <laughs> I think so. If he wanted to get captured. Oh, yeah. Uh, oi, dickheads, just escape from your camp. So uh, can I come back in? <laughs> Well, no, you're absolutely Even if right. it's solitary. <laughs> you're absolutely right, though. No, one, no one gets shot in this film. No. Uh, it, yeah, as you said, with the, the, they, have, they use a paper mache dummy to be Stallone. As you say, they piss themselves rather than getting shot. Mm. He doesn't get shot. And yeah. then the finale, which we'll get to, I feel like there would have been gunfire in real life. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but worse than gunfire... Uh, we have the next scene is is Stallone now needs to be on the football team. Mm. Yes. Having just been the trainer, he now needs to play in goal. And something that's haunted my nightmares since I first saw it as a child, that scene. Right. The arm-breaking scene. Yes. Yeah, it's a really weird scene. So the person that was supposed to be the goalkeeper, in order to get Sylvester Stallone on the team, Michael Caine claims that this goalkeeper's broken his arm. And the Nazi says, well, we're going to kind of need to see proof of that. Yeah. So he's got to have his arm we broken. We need the wobbly-bobbly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what that means. Um... <laughs> Need a wobbly arm. All right. <laughs> it's not. It's not, thought, a techni- it's not a technical. Term. I thought that was. A, you could say anything. I'd be like, it's football thing. So what do I know? Wobbly, hey, Chris, uh, Sylvester Stallone in this film as a goalkeeper is a real rara, isn't he? You could honestly a real rara. Say what you want. I'd be like, oh shit! I did another thing. I didn't know. <laughs> Just add that to the list. None of this has anything to do with football. <laughs> and the next one we're going to do. Don't worry about it. I just thought the scene was odd in that he doesn't the person having his arm broken by putting it between the slats of a bed mm. and Michael Caine presumably stance on it mm. doesn't make that much of a fuss considering no. he's A having his fucking arm broken <laughs> and he's also going to miss the match and consequently his chance to escape exactly like, so it's kind of like he is concerned yeah, bad 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 I forget <laughs> that Stallone by doing this he's saving yes. himself and yeah. so this this lad is getting uh, is getting effectively consigned to um, uh, life in prison, life in prison or, or, or just execution. Yeah, yeah well, I, I think Michael Caine sells that scene, though, because it's the regret that he has when he's doing it and the way he speaks, but mm. the kid doesn't really sell it. Uh, and he... One of the few scenes that Michael Caine isn't shouting. <laughs> yeah, that is the, so the, the, shouting. The, the goalie just says, I won't even get to see the game, will I? Yeah. And I quite like that, though. He's, he's almost more gutted about not getting to be part of the team than he is about 
getting to Such escape. A what a fucking what idiot. A pro. <laughs> Which is a lot of what this film's about, this stiff upper lip right. of um, that's probably idiotic. It is idiotic. Um, <laughs> and so then we're on to the game. Uh, we mm. find out that as with that true story, uh, the referee is dodgy, which um, very much upsets uh, Von Sydow's character, Von Steiner, mm. who is the nicest uh, Nazi in mm-hmm. film history. Mm-hmm. Maybe until Sam Rockwell and Jojo Rabbit, if anyone's seen that. Haven't seen it. Yep. Um, he really believes in decency and fair play, which I don't believe was a trait of the Nazis. Might be no. at odds with their whole strategy. Um, uh, the, and the German officer with him, I don't even recognise him. He's a bloke from Brushstrokes and Vicar of Dibley. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the German team, what I'll say about them, not as many blonde lads as I was expecting. No. If this is a propaganda exercise, quite a lot of brunettes. <laughs> Um, and a very strange commentator but takes takes uh, centre stage now is he the British yeah I don't know who he is who or what he's up to I thought he was a real commentator he does he's very good he does seem like a real yeah. commentator but I just don't know how he's part of that stadium and who he's doing no. that broadcast for but he's Parthay it's Parthay it's for Parthay <laughs> sure but he's um he's obviously working as part of the the German machine because he uh. is is um kind of like his commentary is kind of lying and then when the crowd is against the germans he turns up fake applause <laughs> look that is in the uh, canon of any commentator does martin tyler <laughs> do that doing. martin tyler goes <laughs> is that true no. oh shit <laughs> they can't i don't think they can sweeten the deal maybe in wrestling <laughs> you can't really sweeten the deal uh, i mean no, i mean to be fair there was a there was a uh, a football match that took place quite recently where uh, one of the commentary team were being roundly abused uh, getting called the F word and the W word um, and it was on BBC for 90 minutes okay. so just the entirety so there's, of there's the whole nothing stand there's they can do yeah, the, the Newcastle fans were just calling Robbie Savage a wanker <laughs> right the way through Roundly and there was nothing round, well fair but <laughs> was, it you, 90, was it you Pete was it you <laughs> but for 90 minutes you were just hearing that because they knew full well that they couldn't do anything about it that's terrible and very funny because it's but what because it's fact they couldn't get done for it's, that <laughs> it's certainly not libel everybody hates I know. I know enough to know that everyone dislikes yeah. Robbie. Savage. I think. I, I like don't think him. people. Yeah, I don't think people hate him. I think people love to sort of call him a wanker. Have a go at him. Okay. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand why he thinks the way he does. <laughs> but that, that's true. Of many people, um, including our before, friend Alex. <laughs> before we move on, can you do your Robbie Savage impression? Well, it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. But in I this like context. It. I'm Robbie Savage. Doesn't make any sense. Vicky doesn't care. You don't care. Oh, Melissa do. don't care. Vicky's pissing herself. I am laughing. She'll laugh at anything. She really will. Uh, and then we are into. See, she loves it. Uh, we're into the football match. So, yeah. uh, yeah. thoughts on the game? Why am I watching a whole entire football match when I'm meant to be watching a film? Why is it four nil, which kind of ruins the jeopardy? Like just in the writing, mm. it, out of nowhere, it's four nil, and it's like, well, I would go. You would go on, wouldn't you? That's what football fans do. They leave if it's four nil before half time, do they not? Because mm, yeah. of the parking, everyone wants to get because of the parking. Is that not right? It's, it's nineteen forty-two. Not many people had cars. Not as many anyway. Uh, are you sure it's that year, though? Because judging from the clothes that the crowd are wearing, they didn't think to dress oh, the yeah, extras no, at all. It was very 70s clothing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, a lot of bell-bottoms going on. <laughs> a lot of hair. Um, so, okay, so you think the crowd would have left? <laughs> I, just, I think the crowd would have left. I think um, a lot of the goals. The I think a lot of the goals would have been chalked off from uh, video assistant referee VAR. Exactly. I think there might be. Uh... I just think if you want to create a sense of jeopardy, it's not four nil after five seconds. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the end of that, isn't it? But at half time, it is four one. 
That's so stupid. And why, it's a great time to score a goal. <laughs> Terry scored a goal. I know why, because <laughs> then, then you go into the second half yeah. with the confidence that you're going to win. Is that correct? You, you certainly go into... It's momentum, isn't it? Football momentum. is all about momentum. I don't know. Yes, a buzz. it is. It's a good time to get get one back on the board. Yeah. You get back in the second half. Look, if we score another, two, we score another one... Who knows? Well, well, as one it's, of, it's an uphill battle. Was, okay. As one of the players says at half-time, which I thought was a very strange choice of words... Oh, God, we're buggered! <laughs> we're <laughs> literally going to be shot! <laughs> no, he says the opposite. He says it's not as though we're being slaughtered, Skipper. That is the wrong... That is, you're you're yeah. about to be slaughtered, yeah. potentially. Yeah. It's 4-1, mate. You are. Literally. You are uh, so, in spite of the fact that by this point, Pelé has been... Um, assaulted enough that he's had to leave he's the field of play uh, injured yeah he looks like he's had his, his ribs um, slaughtered uh, half time um, their opportunity to escape arises correct mm. and what do they do in a very exciting moment when yeah, the brilliant. water comes out of the bar honestly yeah. I love that. that so satisfying out of the whole film that is the most memorable scene for me I'm sure yeah. coming to memorable scene, but, but that is beautiful the way yeah they they must have only had one shot at that because yeah. you know that would have taken ages to rebuild and stuff. Yeah, like. agreed. So it, it it's wonderful that it worked so beautifully. <laughs> Whap. and almost like a horror film. Whap. and so they're it's escaping. Really the 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 French resistance are there. They've done yeah. it. They've worked hard to make this happen. Yeah, <laughs> but Pele says if we run now, we lose more than a game. This is so ridiculous. And then Sylvester <laughs> get Stallone, literally get out now. Who's been back and forth this yeah. whole film? Who's Modus operandi is I really want to escape and he's now on his third attempt or something yeah. and someone says to Michael Caine oh no to Sylvester Sloan Michael Caine says to Sylvester Sloan who's running down the tunnel that the French resistance have carved out with their bare hands or whatever yeah. no 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 you can't go because if you go we've all got to go and he'd be like that yeah that was, that was the point yeah because at the end of the match you're going to be taken on <laughs> to a bus I imagine <laughs> at gunpoint so ludicrous and also I think the French resistance when they weren't a pushover themselves like they no. were quite hard people mm. they would be like oh you fucking kidding <laughs> we me we just risked our lives yeah. clambering through like, human shit yes doing a fucking Shawshank for this <laughs> no I think they would have shot them themselves fuck <laughs> these guys but, but <laughs> these guys are idiots but did you did you not like the principle of them winning the potentially winning the propaganda war and that representing more than Something just 11 uh, people I think maybe the escaping. scene's a bit underwritten because it's such a sure. bold thing to do. Mm. And given the amount of human effort that was involved to get that yeah. hole in the bath... All they're just like, oh, but we, we've got to try or something, yeah. and that's possibly not enough. And don't smash mm. the bath up at half time, do it at the end if you're going to do it, just break that membrane right at the end. That's what I thought. Silly, yeah, <laughs> right. So they're back on the pitch and they're starting the comeback. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, they score a goal, they score two goals, uh, they score one goal, and then Pele is subbed back on he just goes I fancy it now yeah. which I'm better now yeah. once a player's been subbed off you cannot sub them back on no it's not running subs and also no player comes off when he comes on <laughs> well, he just walks yeah. on I want to play now oh what so do you reckon they went down to 10 men who they replaced did. him they, no. went, they, got oh, down they went down to 10, 10 men, men. And no like, they replaced him no they didn't did they yeah, so they what? Probably... So now it's twelve against eleven. How was that? How was <laughs> that a propaganda war? Maybe they didn't because I don't think they had subs back then. So maybe right, they didn't. Yeah. yeah, Michael King goes. We'll just have to do it with ten men then. Oh yeah. So back then you wouldn't have had subs. Uh, okay. so, 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 so fair so, enough. So you would just lose a man, or you'd only get a substitute through injury. I don't really know. So Pele comes back on holding his ribs, mm. and they, uh, the the evil uh, captain of the German team, keeps punching him in the ribs. Yeah, it's it's brutal, <laughs> and yet Pele still keeps riding these tackles. And as we near the end of the game, the the most famous moment in the match. Yes, the bicycle kick. The yes. bicycle kick. 
which we watch not once, not twice, but three times, well, twice is, in yeah. slow motion. It is nice. magnificent. Uh, apparently he did that first time according to John Walk yeah. he said that's what separated him from us it would have taken us 10 goes yeah. <laughs> but Pele did it first time it's very 80s kind of like repeating it's so good uh, that bicycle kick pretty much defeats Nazism um, mm. because uh, Von Sydow's face it looks like how you'd look like a beautiful woman you're in love with <laughs> As we, we get a close up of the Nazi looking at him yeah. and it is he looks like he's in love yeah, yeah. he enjoyed it um, and then you think it's all over, but it isn't because there's there's a bit of offside drama. There's mm. a bit of offside drama. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. And then there is a penalty, mm. which I thought was a fair penalty. It was. Oh God, I've seen them given. <laughs> <laughs> and so this was obviously. I mean, this story should end with Pele scoring and Oved kick, but yeah. because we've got Stallone, mm. he has to have his moment, yeah. and therefore he has to save a penalty, mm. which he duly does. Yeah. But it's a penalty in play, therefore <laughs> the, the ball terribly. is still live yes. Yes. and he kicks it in the air and <laughs> celebrates. They could just get that ball and come and score. Exactly. So so the referee can... I imagine a bent referee is going to add out on a lot of injury time <laughs> if it's a, for proper propaganda purposes. Um, he catches uh, the penalty, which is rare in a penalty. It's usually parried. It's usually parried out, either out for a corner or back into play. Yep. But he catches it. Fair play. He's done all the hard work. He's got five seconds. <laughs> he celebrates. He boots the ball out, which means that he's given the Germans possession yep. again. <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. I mean, he is quite clear that he doesn't know anything about football. No, true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he does ask yeah. where he has to stand for corners as the game's beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then the final whistle goes. The, the match ends in a draw. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like a victory. It's a yeah. draw that feels like a victory. And then uh, we have the finale where they nevertheless escape. They do. Mm. Thanks to the extras yep. in 1981 clobber uh, running onto the pitch, <laughs> uh, dressing them up. And yep. they, they leave with their held, heads held high out of the front door rather than going through the bath out the back. What was oh, the point? I mean, what was the point? Do you think that's symbolic? No. Oh. <laughs> Do you think badly planned? <laughs> okay. Again, French resistance are going to be annoyed. <laughs> But I feel I do find it quite a stirring ending to the film. Mm. Did you? Were you by this point? Were you sort of rooting for them, and were you moved uh, at all? I, uh, <laughs> I was a little bit emotional. I always get a bit emotional, right? It, again, it's it's the colours and the and the beautiful kits, and just uh, they could have won the match, couldn't they? <laughs> that would have been a better story. <laughs> do you think? Oh, yeah, that's no, what I was going to ask. Though is, yeah. is the draw? But I, I, that's why I said it's a draw that feels like a victory. Maybe uh, the, the the scene that cut out was Stavesson booting the ball out after the penalty and goes in the net, <laughs> goes in the German net, <laughs> and then they and win. Then win. Yeah. And then, win, and then the, the Americans see it and yeah. go, "Do you know what? Actually, this looks like a bit of a laugh. <laughs> we'll get involved in the war." Yes, and then we all know how that turned out. Yeah. Thanks, Sylvester Stallone. Thanks, mate. That ending almost makes the title of the film make sense, although it still mm. doesn't make sense that title that doesn't mean anything those words escape to victory it doesn't yeah. actually I've, no. I've only just thought of that now you said it but I do yeah, like it's the victory title. to escape if, if, if anything <laughs> and or what? they should have called it we fucked a bath <laughs> what, what's the name of the character <laughs> we're off to DFS where do you get baths from <laughs> what's the name of the character that, that um, Sylvester Stallone plays in this yeah um, oh. oh I want to say Wraith that's not right is it wait Colf Rankin <laughs> wait Rumples Shank Shank <laughs> They, Shaft. they should have called the movie Escape Shank. Escape Hatch. Oh yeah, Miss Hatch. Yes, Miss Hatch. 
Because he grabs stuff because he's the keeper. He's the hatchman. It's is a much better title. Hatchman. <laughs> that's made up. Yeah, now <laughs> I know. Now I know. Hatchman. <laughs> he's the hatchman. <laughs> Escape, escape patch was the joke there. Don't laugh at his one. All right. Sorry. Uh, let's move on to what Alex likes to call the bits. Um, oh. What was your favourite scene in this film, Peter? I, well, I'm going to have to go back to the bath. I just think the... Mm. Oh, yes, come on! Plaster are going, this has gone terribly well. <laughs> I shall go home for I the day. go home. <laughs> I just wonder where that was built, where that was filmed. Oh, lovely. Love it. I wish I knew. Uh, Victoria? It's a very small thing, but when Sylvester Stallone goes to a bar and he's meant to signal to the barman that he's here to see the resistance, Mm -hmm. he scratches in ash, I think. Not scratches, marks the table with a symbol and then the barman, all cool and French, is like, and then wipes it away and then that's how you know that he's going to hook him up. That's so cool. Yeah, that is badass. Yes. Secret cords. Yep. Love it. Yeah, I just thought that was such a brilliant um, and it's like exciting. Uh, my favourite scene is when the upper crust English officers are in the crowd um, expecting their team to have escaped at half time. Mm. And it's the look on their faces when the team come out for the second half. Idiot. I just think <laughs> that's really funny. And equally, it makes me quite emotional because <laughs> they're, they're super pissed off. But then yeah. they see by the end of the match why they did it. <laughs> uh, all right. MVW, most valuable whatever. Victoria, do you want to go first for this one? That would be Sylvester Stallone's command of the French language, uh, proving mm. that confidence will get you fucking anywhere, <laughs> including <laughs> past very suspicious Nazi guards who are presumably on active lookout for a man who doesn't speak brilliant French, yeah. um, having escaped from a prison of war camp. And he's got that black armband on when he boards the train and he's just like, uh, funeral or whatever. And they're like, yeah, sure, no problem. On you go. So, um, yeah, that was... Um, my most valuable whatever. <laughs> I just like the set. I thought the whole set, the, mm. the whole set of the camp was uh, quite... Because you want to go on holiday though. It's not that, it didn't look that bad. It, it made that me bad, think, guys. I was like, we need to book something actually. Because we... <laughs> we've got nothing in. <laughs> now in. Can now we do the Escape to. to Victory package trip? <laughs> I would do that. Get your arm broken at the end. Um, I, we've already mentioned the kits. Yeah. I'm a big kits. fan of the kits. Yeah. I think it looks iconic at the end. But I'm going to say the music. Right, I find the music really stirring. It's obviously a bit of a riff on the Great Escape theme mm-hmm. tune, yeah. and it's made me surprised that the I don't think the England band play the Escape to Victory music. When I feel like that would be a good tune for yes, them. that would be. Um, I did a little bit of research into it. it that music is based on uh, the Leningrad Symphony um, piece by Dmitry Shostakovich. 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 Jesus, thank Christ. you. Uh, Pete, did you see what I've got a port with? I, 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 have you both got the same knots? What's going on here? <laughs> I just know Shostakovich. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, me too. It's only because I, I watched you baby. Excellent midfielder. <laughs> Instrumental. Do I feel that stupid for not being able to pronounce his name? Yes. Okay. Um, I think I think with Russian names, I always find just throw yourself into them. Yeah. You can ju- just don't piss about. <laughs> you just because just, you're going to get you it wrong hesitated. anyway. Just <laughs> smash your way through. But thematically, it was quite interesting because it was written in 1941 and it was aimed at the Stalinist regime's overwhelming repression of individualism and freedom of expression. Oh. And at the time, its composition during the war was said to represent the oppression of Nazism. Okay. So it's actually yeah. thematically really makes sense to use that music. Nice. Okay, uh, what would you change, Pete? Uh, I would take Stallone's little, was what was that, third act, second act, whatever the hell that was, out, get out. Excise we it. We don't need it. A thousand million percent. Get it out. 
Um, and and I think Gordon Banks trained um, Sylvester Stallone uh, as the goalkeeper, so I'd I'd, I'd spend a little more a little bit more time with him. Maybe <laughs> apparently he apparently him and Pele had a bet. Uh, Stallone was the, given the big licks, and he he bet Pele uh, that he could save half. Like he was, mm. took twenty five penalties or something. He said, "I'll save half of your penalties," and of course he didn't because he's Pele. <laughs> And so he, so he yeah, lost money, and, and I think he broke ribs, didn't he? Well, I was lo- I was looking into that story, and right. I found Stallone telling it a, a variety of times, and each time it gets uh, more and more outlandish, right. right? About what happens to the ball, and it broke his fingers. Uh, it was just so- <laughs> I was right. going to tell the story, and I thought, now nah, this is clearly bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vicky, and stop me. Uh, we've covered this, but someone should have been shot, you know? Um, yeah. Like when the whole crowd are chanting the Marseillaise just like spray it <laughs> wow that's, that's fucking what dark that's what would have that happened that is so dark <laughs> do you know what I mean Tommy guns all over the fucking car <laughs> I mean my, mine's similar to that but not as cruel mine, mine was mine was as simple as maybe make the Nazi officers more evil than their footballers yeah yes. the Nazi yeah. players yeah. are nastier yeah. than the actual yeah. officers very good point um, any more for any more on that one no no, uh, the, the only bits of trivia I've got is Clint Eastwood was initially supposed to star in it, oh. which would have been a very different film. Um, one of the players in the film, Paul Van Himps, his nickname was Lorne uh, <laughs> because of the amount of fouls committed on him. What does that mean? Like, a foul like a poo. I think like a dog foul. I mean, that's arch, isn't it? That's, there's a lot of loops. It loops just blew my mind, that did. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I like it. Okay, that is enough of Escape to Victory. Mm. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So, Vicky, you had goal. Okay. So, it's less jumpers for goalposts and more boxes for shin pads in 2005's goal. A sideways look at the consequences of punitive immigration policies and the white saviour complex told through the fuzzy lens of what FIFA wants you to believe one young man's rise through the Premiership looks like. Also featuring David Beckham's terrible mid-noughties blonde highlights, Alan Shearer's massive legs and no character development whatsoever <laughs> for a quietly dignified Anna Friel beyond her being a nice nurse who drinks red wine in very low-cut tops. I'll take it. <laughs> very tight tops. It's unbelievable. Because she was quite pregnant while they were making this. Oh, was she? Is and that so- why she's wearing that horrid coat? Yes, there's a lot. They, they, they had to do, because I, I, listen, I listened to the very boring commentary on, on this DVD, and they had to do a lot of clever stuff she's wearing and... a lot of like off the shoulder kind of like um kind of kind of pop tops 
She's wearing the lowest top that you can find, I presume, because it doesn't look very comfortable. But then she's wearing that or a huge, like a sheep's a minging old coat thing. Right. Like, so every time she's side on, you can't see her stomach, I've just realised, because this disgusting coat. She's but always no, carrying a football. <laughs> <laughs> you just paint her belly like a football. <laughs> That's just so committed. That makes perfect sense now. What's your name, son? Santiago Munoz. If you get yourself to England, Newcastle United will give you a trial. For his family. You deserve this chance, Santiago. Take it. He'll pursue a dream 6,000 miles from home. He's grown up in poverty and hardship, and his only way out is his skill with the ball. Monez, just wanted to see what it felt like to be in this field. You think you deserve it? I know I do. One man's extraordinary journey. That's my son. That's my boy, Santiago. Is about to begin. <laughs> so, Pete, as a Newcastle fan, uh, what were the feelings about this film amongst the the? Well, well, I I remember a lot of these, a lot of the on-field scenes getting filmed. Mm. Right. So a lot of the scenes um, at the end of every football match, near the end of the, what would it have been, 2005 season? Yeah. Um, I think we played a couple of matches, maybe maybe Bolton, maybe Charlton, and definitely Liverpool. I remember um, it was a 1-0 win at home, uh, and as the Newcastle players would leave the field, these weird Newcastle, uh, other world, bizarre world footballers would run on the field and celebrate, and it was such a weird thing. And there'd be helicopters with the with shooting the uh, the over the over the over the field kind of stuff, and it was a bit of a circus yeah. at mm. a time when Newcastle weren't playing particularly well, and it was <laughs> a rather unwelcome, I seem to recall. Sunes was manager, I think, at the time. Right? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Um, so, but you were aware that a film was being made. Yeah, I remember. Than, yeah, yeah, I remember like these fake footballers running on, and I remember like I think it was Kuno <laughs> Becker and the other guy, the naughty, naughty boy, Alessandro. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's so fucking good at this. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's been. Uh, he he was like really annoyed that he couldn't run on the field during the match. <laughs> oh really? I'm going, Sorry, mate. <laughs> It's a big production, but it's not that big. <laughs> yeah, you can't just you can't just disrupt a Premier League football match. <laughs> but I mean, it, I, I, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, but it, I, I think I was all in. I went to see this film when it came out in the cinema. I went mm. to Holloway um, Audion, and I went with a friend. I had a lovely time, and I didn't realise it was two hours. Like when I watched this again last night, I was like, "Wow, this film goes on for a lot longer than yeah. it needs to." And uh, and and still, it seems really lightweight at the same time. But yeah. if you are ever watching a film. And the uh, titles come up, and they're in the same font as the "You wouldn't steal a car" anti-piracy <laughs> message. <laughs> and then that font says "Anna Friel." <laughs> you know you're watching a terrible film. The font is the exact, the typeface is the exact same typeface as "You wouldn't steal a car." And you so know what? what? I got the DVD of it the other day, <laughs> and it had that pamphlet in it. Yeah, um, oh, it did. Oh, you wouldn't same steal, thing. steal a car yeah. pamphlet. Well, there you go. All joined up thinking. And also, <laughs> if you, I didn't have to buy this because it's uploaded onto YouTube at 1080p quality and it's been up there for three years collecting advertising <laughs> revenue and no one's noticed. Again, not a quality film That's because it. no one's bothered about protecting its IP. That is always a bad sign. Yeah. Three million views. They would have killed, killed for that at box <laughs> office. Three million views as on YouTube. Poor Mike Jeffries, who was the mastermind behind yes. this. Yes. Okay. Do you know much about the background of it? Uh, FIFA paid for it. Is that right? FIFA were supportive of it. Mm. I don't think they paid for it. But kind of came through Seth Blatter, didn't it? Yes, he, 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 he helped. 
this, contact. This bloke Jeffries came up with the idea, mm. and then uh, these are his only credits to date. Mike Jeffries, the Goal trilogy. Oh, okay. Uh, he he decided they could only do it with FIFA support, so he went and met with Blatter, who he said was like meeting a mob boss. Yeah, yeah. But Blatter was up for it, and then he said he met with Oliver Stone, right? Who told him uh, that they should mm, do it about a real team, not a made-up team, because he mm. said that's what messed up his movie, Any Given Sunday. Yeah. And then it became about what team that they used. So he met with some of some bigger teams than mm. Newcastle. How dare you? No offense. Um, no shade, both. So uh, he was a Liverpool fan, Mike Jeffries, but mm. he met with Man United, who were up for doing it. And he said, as a Liverpool fan, I would rather have not made the film than done it with Man United, <laughs> which I, I think is a really <laughs> stupid... It's the reason why he's only done golf film. It, I call, I'm calling Hawkeye on that one. And then he was in LA. <laughs> word. He was in word. LA and he, was, uh, he went and met with Freddie Shepard, yeah. the Newcastle chairman, in the hotel where they shot Pretty Woman. I well, don't know why this is a detail. He's a pretty woman, isn't he? <laughs> is, uh, and, and he says, as soon as we had that meeting, the deal with United was dead. Right. Mm. Uh, and so the funding for this film uh, came from uh, Adidas and Coca-Cola, basically. Yeah, right, no yeah. shit. You can't tell. Adidas put £50 million into this proposed trilogy. And Coke, it, it, it says that it became only the second movie to feature on Coca-Cola packaging. Ah. Um, and Disney ended up buying the film and spent £40 million on marketing. I remember being very surprised at how much, how how big it was for what it, for yeah. what it was. It, yeah. it had a $33 million, uh, is that dollar, $33 million budget. So, mm. yeah, so, but it then went through some changes because obviously uh, the director who ended up directing it, Danny Cannon, was not the first choice. Mm. It was Michael Winterbottom. Oh, right. Much better known for his serious independent documentary like uh dramas and this was going to be a much more serious shot almost documentary style of, mm. uh, of this guy's career much more hard-hitting and he had diego luna was playing the lead who's a fine actor yes yes uh and stella skarsgar was playing the coach okay. oh yeah and then uh they both walked away after a few days when winterbottom uh, parted ways with them after a week of shooting because they just didn't like the footage he was doing. Maybe it was too good, is my <laughs> yeah, thinking. I know. <laughs> so they brought in uh, Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet, mm-hmm. uh, who famous for The Lightly Lads and Porridge. Mm. Right, okay. Not young men. Uh, <laughs> they rewrote the script, although they did do a football movie. The Porridge uh, movie was, was a football, football movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they rewrote the script, and Danny Cannon, who'd done the Judge Dredd movie, and then, as, as I've talked about on here before, I think he's the most successful English director in history mm. because he oversees the CSI programs, right? all of them. Uh. He launched that, and so, yeah, he's made more money than you could possibly imagine. So he came back from TV to direct this movie. There's, a, there's another quite big, talking about the product placement, there's quite a big product placement in it, um, Gizmondo. Now, do you remember the Gizmondo? No. Um, when the Glenn Foy, the scout, mm. um, hits up his Flash agent friend at a, it's a product launch. Oh, Sean Pertwee. Yeah. Yeah. For Gizmondo. Yeah. Uh, and Gizmondo was a handheld uh, games console that sold <laughs> very few units. The whole operation, I'm going to say, Without impunity, was as bent as hell. <laughs> uh, the director and the director of the company was involved in the Swedish mafia. Uh, who wow. after the, the company lost three hundred million, and he eventually, eventually crashed a very rare Ferrari Enzo, uh, one hundred and sixty miles per hour in uh, Los Angeles, I believe. So under the influence. So, so the whole. But, but the idea that 
this the, the, this kind yeah. of um, the, the one of the major product placements is this shit show of yeah. a video game console uh, amuses me immensely <laughs> and is possibly an allegory for how football and art yeah. meet. <laughs> the goal curse strikes yes. again. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about take us to the story a little well, bit, Vicky? This is why it's far too long because of that fucking pointless Gizmondo. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it starts with a dash to the border. So young Santiago and his family are dashing to the U.S. border from Mexico, presumably, or somewhere in Central America. Um, and the family are making it, and they're cutting their way through a fence. And young Santiago drops his football and he's mm. going to go back for it. And the border guards are coming and his dad's like, Santiago, leave it, leave it. And he's like, I can't, I can't. And he doesn't and nothing fucking happens. Like mm. I was watching that. I was like, right, what's going to happen now is his fucking grandma's going to get shot because right. he went back to the, went ball, back the ball. Right. And then later on when he's got to take a penalty, he's like, the gill, oh, grandma. Right. <laughs> That's, it's so obvious. So all it's saying is football means everything to this kid yeah. and he'll use cardboard boxes for shin pads. It's like, I know football means everything to him because mm. it's, cold, it's called goal. And his face is on the poster and yeah. it's about Newcastle. So yeah. I don't need reminding that football <laughs> means football. everything to this kid, right? That annoys me. And then you've got this, um, he's spotted by Glenn Foy, um, who this annoys me more. So young Santiago's fucking great at football and he's having a kickabout in the park. And then he's spotted by this white man who's like, I can change your life. Yeah. And it's like, there's no agency for him there. There's no like, well, I've tried to do that, but it went, you know, he's like, if you can get yourself to Newcastle, which is mm. quite a big ask, um, from this creepy man, then <laughs> I will sort you out with a trial with Arsene Wenger, I think he's supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah, he's a little bit Wenger, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's very Wenger. So that sort of starts us off. And I will say, so I th- once I understood where I was, like what sort of film I was in, I was like, I could plot this out with my eyes closed, but mm. it did provide some surprises, which right. I liked. So obviously, young Santiago needs to save up to get to Newcastle, whatever. Mm. Clearly, his grandma's going to give him that money. Otherwise, she would have been shot at the border. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's You're obsessed the... with killing this poor grandma. <laughs> know, but it's so obvious that his dad's going to screw him over, and grandma's going to be like, "I pawned yeah. some shit, so don't worry about it." The my favourite bit was when he got to he gets to London, which is I assume Newcastle has an airport. I don't know. I, I don't think you get a direct flight from, uh, from Los LA. Angeles. <laughs> the old LA to Newcastle red eye. <laughs> <laughs> Red Eye Man. <laughs> Freddie Shepard's the only one on it. Oh my God, is it true? They're building a wheel. I don't know why you'd know, but you, you as a representative right. of the North East. Good, good are they building a Ferris wheel in Newcastle called the YI? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I imagine that would be, if they ever did, <laughs> it would be a perfect it, name know, for it. Was it. Like, I don't know if it was bullshit. It's like the North South divide and the North becoming more attractive. And then it was like Newcastle's trying really hard and they're going to build the YI. Is that offensive? Uh, no, because no. it's true. Is it? I, I mean, I don't, they're not going to call it the YI. They might. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, and then he gets to London and he rings um, Glen Foy and says, "So how do I get to Newcastle?" And it's like, "Well, if you're going to go on the train, my friend, have you got another three hundred pounds? Am I right? Because I'm a, look, am I right? Because train tricky. Another shot. Another a, a lingering shot on the GNER. <laughs> Ching ching. Goddamn fortune. Just, are you going to walk up and ask them for an advance? What? You can't get an advance? <laughs> no. A single ticket? Are you mad? But I this mean, is that, 2005. It still. Been been, it would have been 350 pounds. It would have been so expensive. It just, you would have been better. This walking. Christmas, I spent 325 pounds on the day to get up there. Can you believe not that? Not even as far to Darlington. Not even first That's class. You didn't even get home. You should have been Darlington. Sit on the floor. <laughs> so that made me laugh. Um, oh, I'm a little bit like Santiago Munez and Menez. I, yeah, I suppose Munez. so. Yeah. Um, and then he is in with uh, Glenn. Glenn. I like what's the actor called who plays Glenn Foy? Um, is it Stephen Delane? Stephen Delane. Mm. I like. I thought he. I think he's a very good actor. Yeah. Um, 
I do think that he's a bit creepy in his, uh, oh, what I was going to say. His daughter's his age. His daughter's his age. <laughs> daughter's. <laughs> like, his daughter Have you is... met my daughter? I was like, what? what? <laughs> is, the, is, she behind the, is she behind the woman that is stood there? <laughs> she behind what? the woman who's the same age as you, mate. <laughs> That's so weird. So he goes to live in his house because he's got he's got no money before he meets Arsene Wenger for his trial for mm. Newcastle. And it is just a bit creepy. Like he's got a dead wife to give him character, which is one of my pet hates yeah, of all I don't time. Like that. He's got this manky spare room. He's like, oh, Santi, I've made you dinner or whatever. That's weird. And he's like, oh, <laughs> try this shirt on. It's like, I can see clearly where this is going. Like, red flags. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> Did you read that? Without shin pads, baby. <laughs> I'm going in dry. <laughs> Did you read this into the movie? Do you know um, what I, mean? I didn't read the, uh, the the sexual side of things, but um, but maybe. it's there, so it's, there. it's definitely there. Did you think Mr. Miyagi was boinking Daniel? <laughs> no, because I was a child. But I think it now, but I didn't think. Do, you, was, the, the do you think Mickey was boinking Rocky? <laughs> That's a horrible who was, image. Who was, who was the old man who gave the boy uh, Gremlin? Uh, oh, cam- in the in shop. Eyes. <laughs> yeah, could have had cameras in his eyes. Gizmodo. 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 So this is, at this point, this is where I thought, I can plot this out, no problem. Santiago goes for a trial at Newcastle and Arsene Wenger, it's not Arsene Wenger. You can go on that. Just call call him that. That's who it is. He's watching. But it's raining. It's really fucking raining. And I was like, what's going to happen here in the trial is it's going to go badly. Then Mm. it's going to go brilliantly because that's how these things go. And it doesn't. It just goes fucking terribly. I don't know how he got (laughs) on the subs bench. He has a trial that seems to last days (laughs) where he's fed, watered and accommodated. It just goes on for ages. He, 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 he's an asthmatic he's a secret asthmatic which has never stopped any footballer anyway that's what right? I <laughs> but the, and also the shin pads that the uh, that the North American soccer league <laughs> amateur referee insisted on he doesn't bother with when he's playing in Newcastle <laughs> with p- men with studs and mud and rain and peril and million dollar uh, you know systems like the, 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 no. he doesn't have to wear shin pads then no he just goes it naked he just goes for just it exposes his unbelievable. shins unbelievable but he falls on his, literally falls flat on his arse. Mm. Then uh, Glenn Foy slash Stephen Delane, his sugar daddy, we could say, yeah. pleads to get him a month, which <laughs> kind of sucks all the jeopardy, if you'll excuse the phrase, out of that. Because then it's like, oh, you've got a month to now not fuck it up. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. We get Anna Friel lit by angels, seemingly. Like, she's so twinkly. Like, it's <laughs> unreal. So her version of uh, Geordie is uh, just suck a lozenge. She yeah. always sounds like she's sucking a lozenge and doing an Irish accent. Dude, there's a review of the film by Roger Ebert where he's like, um, Irish nurse played by... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> lovely. <laughs> lovely. Where's she from? What is her accent? It's supposed to be Geordie, but she sort of talks a bit like No, this I mean, thing. in real life, oh. what's her accent? I oh, thought I she know. was a scouser, but that's because of Brookside. Beth, <laughs> she's not real. <laughs> Buried she's travelled about a bit. She breaks the Hippocratic Oath pretty quickly. Confidentiality. Confidentiality is rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. T- t- gives away the, the other lad's fungus behind his toe. Yeah. Mm. You're not supposed to do not that. You're really not that. supposed to do that. Did you feel... So then Santiago... I, I lose the thread of it a bit, but he's, he makes the reserves. Mm. Then he's on the bench. Mm. Then he's in the team. That's the progression, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to build up to getting to St. James's Park... Thank you. You're welcome. Some respect. I knew that. Finally. Yes. Um... <laughs> It's what you were talking about at the start. There's obviously like they've used the drone to get the aerial shots, Kasabian's playing, and your heart is meant to be like, fuck, here we are. And I was like, fucking hell, that looks great. <laughs> like, Honestly, <laughs> the, these scenes really make me go, oh, come on. <laughs> really? 
Even, even like, no, I mean, come on, I said, like, yes. No, I was it looks like, brilliant. It doesn't, it doesn't. It lo- no, but the, the, the go walking up to that ground, it's so iconic for me as a Newcastle sport. Yeah. And although it, it they, they try and ruin it with the Chris Tilly, uh, emotional playlist, this is, this playlist is basically Chris Tilly's <laughs> iPod. Except for Kasabian. Except for Kasabian. No, no, oh, I hate Kasabian. Really? But yeah, give me more, give me more Oasis. Yeah. Oh my I, God, there's so much Oasis. That's four, so four, confusing. Four, four. Danny, Danny Cannon went and met with Noel and convinced him to record a new song, re-record some old songs. And... But it's not about Man City, so it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Confusing. <laughs> Does that matter? A, a bit. Maybe he told him he turned down Manchester United. I just thought you've done, you've thrown so much at trying to make me be like, yeah, Newcastle. I was like, oh, it's dreary. I've done yes, it's it's dreary. It's exciting. <laughs> no, no, and Newcastle United, the black and white, St and... James's Park on top of the hill, a beacon, a beacon. But you do get up and cl- up close and personal with the Premier League players playing and I do think they quite brilliantly integrate the footage of the actors in with the footage of the players it's very well done you can't really see the joints yeah I agree and that must have been very difficult to do technically seeing Alan Shearer um, wipe out a player with a slide tackle and the noise that they've ADR'd in is wonderful well so on the commentary they claim that that was him breaking Wayne Bridge's leg no now I don't think it was I I watched it two or three times (laughs) <laughs> to make to see if his leg broke and it didn't but apparently I think Shearer did break Bridges' leg in that game and they right. reckon they've included that footage but I couldn't find it okay. right. not a nice thing not to a keep nice thing in the film keep no. In, quite, no. quite funny <laughs> um, but it's it's beautifully done all, all of the integration with, with the players is beautifully done but not when they're doing acting no like when David Beckham talks to Santiago yeah so I bar. mean so the interactions and Zidane's there but doesn't speak possibly wise <laughs> who else is there just um, all of the Real Madrid first team are there. So that's a little... Uh, yeah, Raul, a, there's one other actor, uh, yes, one other player, Raul. Raul. Yeah. And so on, on that commentary, Cannon says that the, the reason they're all such good actors is that they all do so many adverts that they can act right. effortlessly. Yeah. And then you're just like, that's not what I'm seeing. No. <laughs> it's better than like someone like... We've seen like Wayne Rooney act and he's awful. But uh, I think that David <laughs> Beckham is effectively tapping up for Real Madrid, which is very illegal. He's <laughs> sort of saying, no, you... You keep playing uh, the way you're going, and we'll you, uh, you you'll, you'll see you there. <laughs> Our play, players surely are allowed to have that conversation, aren't they? He's a, he's a working representative for his football club. He should not be <laughs> should not be casting his net. And so the reason that's happening, Vicky, is in part two he plays for Real Madrid. Yeah. So these are the players that are going to pop up a bit more in part two. I see. So they're sowing the seeds for 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 that um, sequel, which we will maybe do next week okay. <laughs> and we if you have seen any of and I'm sure come on to talk about the, the next two uh, iterations of this film but if you have <laughs> seen, once it gets to the third film uh, when we talk about the inter- inter- integration between the football and the football <laughs> the football and the actors the it's all on green screen it, right. it, it is like I did it in this studio <laughs> the walls are green I've got an SLR I'm going to film it it is unspeakably well, bad well as, as you brought it up that the budget for this one was 33 million mm. the budget for goal 2 was apparently 45 million dollars really wow where he plays for Real Madrid and wins the Champions League mm. and the budget for goal 3 was down to 10 million mm. and they shifted the focus to two England players in that one and the finale England lose to Portugal in the quarterfinals <laughs> so yeah, I mean everything it. about that sounds but wrong but as football fans even I thought this was a bit shit. So before Santiago gets to Newcastle, there's a press conference with... So what's Alessandro Navarro's character? He's the, uh, Ga- yeah. Gavin Harris. Gavin, that's yeah. it. I knew we were in trouble because he's a great... And he's like, as Gavin. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. But he's given a... Pre- he's their new star. He's yeah. been to 
five clubs in three years or three mm. clubs in five years. He's whichever. a bad boy football. Yeah. He just um, needs he just needs an arm around him. Yeah, he just needs a, a yeah, from, Arsene from Wenger. Arsene Wenger from to just Arsene sort of Wenger, calm him down. Which is true of most people. Mm. Not, uh, not of, an arm around him from Foy. No. no. I don't know where that's no. headed. No. That's a reach around. But the, the, the journalists say to him, what are your hopes for this season? And yeah. I was like, well, here we go, because it's like, surely you're going to... Talk well, like a footballer. Yeah, No, more like, he's like, well, we're not going to win, so we just want to finish top four and get to Europe. It's like, I understand that that's realistic, but mm. is it not a bit, where's the let's win the cup like well, the, uh, progression do you see what oh, I mean what? Like, there's, so there's no there's very there's quite low expect. they're very realistic expectations but we start the film with yeah. someone saying you're not going to win so what do you want top four I think, <laughs> well I think you have to have uh, you have to have an understanding if you know what Newcastle are and where they were at that oh, point is that why? you know for right. a fact they're never going to they're never going to they're never going to lift, gonna that, dirty lift their that boots at Wembley right? exactly the, yeah. the original script uh that Mike Jeffries oversaw did have Newcastle winning the league but, which but, makes sense but when Clement and Lafrone came in they said that it should not be about that A because it was slightly unrealistic yeah. no disrespect but also they said it should be about Santi making his home debut at home and being accepted by the Newcastle faithful mm. that is, okay. th- their idea was that was his victory and, okay. and, and if you it's a little bit like I don't know, a football manager like the little victories you know getting onto the getting onto the team sheet okay. in that beautiful uh, Edwardian mansion or whatever the hell they're, they're, they're training nice, at yeah. and, and stuff but I think um, in that actual press conference where, where Gavin is talking about his expectations for the rest of the season he's, talk, he's talking like no footballers ever talked even All like right. Messi would never go we're going to win all our matches. <laughs> we're going to... Oh, oh, brilliant. And we're going to win all matches. I didn't uh, notice. I thought that was sort maybe of how they... Oh, maybe, no, no, they no, they like sort that, of go, they? well, you know, it's a kind of... You know, maybe Lee Bowyer talk. They do that thing with the intonation. I like watching the post-match interviews. You know, yeah, they've yeah, just yeah. had their shower and they're standing in front of the advert board, whatever yeah. it is, and they're talking rubbish, mm. but they can't break. And so mm. their intonation just goes up and up and up and up. And, <laughs> and you're like, when are you going to stop and do the inevitable... So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. But did you have a problem with his accent? Um, Gavin? Yeah. I thought it was flawless. Did you? He, he I really was, did. I thought it was flawless. And he is not from these isles, is he? No, no. no he's, he's American. Amazing. I thought it was incredible. Okay. I thought it was like, remember when he goes, uh, uh, when the taxi driver goes, are you, are you always Gavin, whatever? <laughs> are you always Gavin footballer? And he goes, guilty. <laughs> he goes, Whopper. yes, a shit. Uh, and the reason they cast him rather than casting a Brit is because he's he's very good at football in real life, oh, is he? and so yeah. he, that's okay. how he got the role. He played Brits before, so they knew he's, he's married yeah. to I mean, one of the Emily actresses. He's yes. married to Emily, Emily Mortimer. Mortimer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking of that though, what did you think of the depiction of the people of Newcastle in the film? Um, the, the the Looney Tunes. I think tunes. Sorry, <laughs> Looney Tunes. I think that I think the um, there was a lot more Newcastle, uh, you know, actual Newcastle accents, and and for an international audience, I thought that was quite yeah. so almost yeah. approaching brave because yeah. you can't understand what they're lots, lots of colourful characters asking if from... he knows Charlie Theron and yeah, do you know Charlie <laughs> Theron? And their tits are real. Just all just terrible men. Are and, the lords of Newcastle fans in LA? Because you know, there's a scene where Santa's yeah. dad goes to a bar, Hangs and there's loads of Newcastle fans. Is that the block from ACDC? It's the block from ACDC, isn't it? It I've is. No idea. It's Brian yeah. Johnson from ACDC. Yeah. Why are they all there? Well, I, I think um, with expats, they will club together and they'll watch a match okay. all together. Right. There is quite a big football scene. Mm. I think it is Santa Monica uh, yeah. for okay. Brits to go to. There's there's a handful of bars, or certainly there was then. Yeah. That people will congregate at for every match. So while you might not have 
all Newcastle in one bar. That yeah. might be a bit exaggerated. I certainly watched England draw with America in the World Cup right. in LA in a bar that was just wall-to-wall English people th- drinking be... pints at eight in the morning and having fried breakfast. I think you'd be Perfect. very surprised. I think with um, Newcastle, I've been to a couple of Newcastle matches in New York, for example, and everyone's a Newcastle fan in the whole bar. So it's like yeah. there's, there's enough people yeah. who know if you don't know what's going to be going on. It's quite fun. Is yeah. that because they think you're Irish and you know that with the <laughs> 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 Oh dear. So there are lots of obstacles put in his way. You, you've mentioned a few, the inhaler, the, the bad trial, but we've also <laughs> got the, the issue of agents and women. Agents and women? What do you mean? Mm. Well, they are. he's photographed in a compromising position with a bunch of women. He's got his clothes on. I it ends up on the front page. Not it compromising. Does. Not compromising you're not, enough. You're not supposed to be in a bar drinking with women uh when you're representing the club. Are you not? No. I no, they frown Steve, upon it. Stephen Graham turns up. Just, Stephen Graham, Stephen yeah. Graham provides some sex workers. <laughs> he does, and some <laughs> drugs, and does that yeah. brilliant, the classic like Liam Gallagher walk, which is not good on a podcast, but you know what I mean. Like, he walks <laughs> Lovely. And his friend, why is his friend just getting the, the old Sony Cybershot out and just snapping away? I don't, well, to sell it to the newspapers. Yeah, but hey, like that's but obvious, isn't it? Really obvious. <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> so, but I blame Santi then. Come on, mate. This, yeah. is, this is all quite obvious what's happening. You need PR training. You need to know what you're doing. There needs to be someone who's looking after you. They're all they're all footballery people, though, those actors. Mm. Um, the guy that's photographing him is Gumbo in ID. Oh, is it? Right, okay. uh, the guy that hates him and keeps kicking him was in Jossie's Giants, Kieran <laughs> O'Brien. <laughs> and Stephen Graham played uh, Billy Bremner. In the Damned United, he did. Yes, yeah. So that was a good, that was a good football film. Why do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Shut Ashley, up. Ashley Wallace is. Uh, Ashley he's, Wallace in it, is yeah. in, he's in it. Yeah, he but he doesn't do very much. I don't think he even gets a line. Does I don't he? think he's. But his name's in the opening credits. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. brilliant. And then he, he sort of throws a dirty look at someone, and then that's yeah. it. That's well, shit. let's be honest. Stephen Graham is somewhat wasted. <laughs> <laughs> Being that he's yeah. one of our great actors. Yeah. Now, I guess. Yeah. Can yeah, you put give... a price on providing sex work? I bet you can. <laughs> yeah, that's literally. I think that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sex workers real work, guys. Yeah, they're not like and money. Oh, needs don't to... worry, we'll settle up at the end. <laughs> see how you feel. <laughs> oh, and then dear. I guess we get to the finale. No, wait, we haven't oh, mentioned sorry, my favourite scene. Do it. It's hard to describe, but I'm a little bit obsessed with it. So when Santiago's father dies, mm. and he's on the phone in the Edwardian house where they live and train, yeah, and bag of grub, bag So he's on the phone. And I can't remember, the, but the way he's edited, you know he's on the phone and you know his dad, something about his dad. And he cries his eyes out and he sinks to the floor. Mm. And then Glenn Foy turns up and gives him a bit of privacy. So there's a bit of distance between them. And then the baddie, the one that smashed the inhaler, mm. bursts in and is like, what's up with him? Glenn Foy goes, it's his, it's his dad. And then the line is, oh, is he going to be all right? And then Glenn Foy goes, he's dead. <laughs> and it's like... He doesn't, no. does he? He does. He goes like, dead. <laughs> like, he does the he goes, thing. I'm his daddy now. <laughs> he like, looks I'm at Santiago's him. daddy From now. From a directorial editing point of view, the <laughs> shot is clearly, is he going to be all right? Just say nothing. Because he's on the floor crying his eyes out. You don't do that. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. I pissed myself. Like, it's... His dad lost his inhaler. <laughs> he's got asthma as well. It's oh, no, genetic. He's not, not going to be all right. And it's just the, like, he doesn't do the finger across the throat thing, but he might as well. Like, or do his like, tongue sticking out. Dead. 
Like, it's ridiculous. And it made me laugh. Yeah. And then he uses that to be like, fuck my dad. I'm not even going to go back for his funeral because what's the fucking point? It's he like, stole my boot money. Yeah, the man's like, still warm. Like, look, pay your respects, I yeah. feel. And obviously it would be logistically difficult because he doesn't have his papers and whatever. Mm. Yeah, he but goes they, to the airport and it's he, he has like, he sits there all day to try and decide what to do. Yeah. My mate made a very good point for us chatting about this uh, last night. Um, Brad Friedel, the American goalkeeper, uh, applied for a work f- f- permit like three times when Newcastle United wasn't allowed one. Oh, really? An illegal immigrant <laughs> from, from Los Angeles via Mexico just gets one immediately. Immediately, and it was like around about this time we couldn't get a, a work permit for Brad Friedel. He had to move for, to Sweden. Yeah, but he was working. I mean, he was visibly working. Brad Friedel. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I know. Did we not want him? But he oh, wasn't. As, he wasn't as handsome as Kuno Becker. No, exactly. No, that's Look, true. If he's not good enough for the Chinese restaurant, he's not Chinese. <laughs> Chinese enough. That's a really funny line. I like that bit. <laughs> they put that scene in uh, because um, there wasn't any English spoken in the first sort of five yeah, minutes of yeah. the movie, ten minutes, and they were worried that they would lose oh, the so bulk of their Chinese audience. Man just, in it. Just, well, yeah, to have him speak English. <laughs> right. It's so quite random. <laughs> hey, boss, I've been a bus bar for a while. Can I be a waiter? No, you're not Chinese. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> it's like I'm watching the scene. What, what story is this? <laughs> Who am I rooting for? <laughs> um, what gets me is uh, the dad uh, when the dad comes and watches uh, the football with um, ACDC's uh, men. Um, he he says, "Oh well, if you score, if your son scores, you'll get a pint." He doesn't score. He wins a penalty, still gets his pint. Good, quite right. Thank you. Why? Quite uh, right. That should just be worth a half. Not fair. He's, yeah. in, ACDC. He's in ACDC, he can afford it. Yeah. I was enjoying the fact that uh, it was the age of the uh, bootcut jeans. Everyone's got bootcut yeah. jeans on. Kuno's got some stonkers on. <laughs> and Absolute as, uh, Simon Cowell specials. As long-time listeners know, I'm not a fan of the bootcut jeans. Really? Danny Jr. wears them and I do oh. not do no like. We've, um, Alex pointed uh, Downey's uh, look, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, special kind of like really tall boot and mm. bootcut. Yeah. And once you start noticing that, yeah. it's obscene. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it's was, amazing. It was me that pointed it out. But oh, we can sorry. Give the credit to Alex. No, but he, no, but he pointed it out a couple of years ago. Ah. To me. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on because right? I'm try- trying to get away from the spectrum from Alex. Alex this week. <laughs> <laughs> He's just texted me to say mention Ronaldo. <laughs> He's not. He has. He said, "Look, mention just which one. Make sure you Ronaldo talk about is. Ronaldo." And then he's, not in I'll, I'll look, the and there's a gif. He's supposed to be on a plane. Ah, uh, no, it's a joke. He says, "Make sure you mention you talk about Ronaldo today." And he sent he's me like a, football, a, a picture of Messi. <laughs> cool. That's all right for That's him. That's a good joke. That's really good. Well done, Al. Let's cut this out. It's a funny guy. Um, right, can we get to the end of this bloody film? Yeah, yeah. Why? It's brilliant. Rob Lee's in it. <laughs> he doesn't say much, does no. he? R- Rob Lee is Martin Tyler's co-commentator. He's a Newcastle footballer. Mm, and right. I kept waiting for him to speak. If you're going to pay for no. Rob Lee, give him some words. But I he just sort of sits there. Cheap. He sits there <laughs> chuckling at Martin Tyler's not very funny commentary. Mm. Um, I went back and tried to figure out... Um, obviously, it was just, I think it was shot round about 2004, 2005. Yes. Um, I, I, I was trying to work out how many um, films were shot on digital back then. It was 5%, okay. roughly, in Hollywood. Wow. So I'm saying that somewhere, <laughs> somewhere there is, in the world's most unlovable um, lockup in Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. a piece of celluloid that is that, right? Now, that might not mean much to you, <laughs> right. Vicky, but that is Lee Boyer... 
Yeah. Um, Jermaine Jenis. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Dyer yep. and Titus Bramble. And Somewhere there the... is a piece of celluloid <laughs> in the world's worst lockup of those four men. And I would, n- I do not want anything less than that. I, you know, like people like really get excited about film memorabilia. I want that lockup to burn down, and I never want to see that ever. But it's just charming that all of these shots of like Alan Shearer doing leg curls, <laughs> like this is on celluloid. This isn't on like disposable okay. hard drive digital cloud based storage. This is on printed film. What a waste! I mean, I have to, you lost me at digital. I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very disposable and copyable. But- Oh, there see. are master tapes I here. There see. is celluloid. They, they project it through a piece of celluloid. Are you, are, you saying, oh. you, are you saying you want that footage or you don't no, want I don't it? No, really, I don't want that footage. He doesn't want it. I don't want it, yeah. There is a roll of tape containing that frame of celluloid <laughs> with four very uncharismatic footballers. That's all I'm saying, all right? Janice is doing all right. I, I, I'm just sorry that we put you through this, Pete. I feel bad now. Well. Needs must. I enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it. I've actually got a I've actually got a review of um the Liverpool match that they filmed a lot of the scenes. Oh excellent. Uh, from nufc.com mm-hmm. which is not the official uh Newcastle United uh, oh, football. Oh they did well together. Right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um Oh my god, shut up. So this is the review. <laughs> interesting. Uh, this is the review of what happened. Um the final whistle again saw interlopers making it onto the field dressed as players with the goal <laughs> film cameras catching the antics of two black and white clad actors celebrating with the real tune players and themselves. Um, yeah, and uh, before and after the game, the police helicopter had made a, a number of low passes across the back of the Melbourne stand, leading to speculation that there'd been some crowd trouble. Uh, but apparently, it was just the boys in blue had had um, the, the police uh, helicopter had had a camera attached to their helicopter to uh, to, to, to to do it. And uh, the halftime hero uh, for that Liverpool match was Gaza. So Gaza was actually there no. when uh, when they were filming the the scenes. <laughs> do you know what? He just wasn't caught on camera. Even though I know what you do for a living and I know why, Pete, you're in this room, I was about to ask, did they, did they review football matches? What? <laughs> did they review football matches? I mean, why? It's, it's a cottage industry. Is that's it? it? Yeah. You no, know, it's a cottage right. industry. They, they report on football matches. They're they very reactive. Yeah, yeah. You, read, you read a re- essentially review of the match the next I think day that's in the newspaper. What I think that's that, what, why, why Vicky's laughing because she fully well knows that they do review and, football matches yeah, and oh. The, uh, oh, unless she isn't unless you're yeah, not and then Pete's in this little thing that they sort of reviews football matches is that right yeah, yeah little thing reviews previews reviews but when you're reading that I was like god where have you unearthed that <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. who reviews this <laughs> it's like when you read a review of a wrestling match you're going, why have they done this why does the wrestling observer exist <laughs> oh dear are, you, are we going to do the end of the football match? Or not? <laughs> oh, I don't know, wait a minute. oh, sorry. Wait, he, passes, we get to? he passes for the equaliser. Yeah. I got that. Mm. He scores the winner from a free kick, which is like everyone's fantasy. Is that right? Done. He uses the wrong foot, though. Oh, Because it's footed from the match. He's right footed for the whole game, and then that goal goes in with the left foot. Oh, okay. is that right? Okay. Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it was Robert, was it, who scored Robert, that goal? Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 Who does look like him a little bit, so. He does have the. He's yeah. from the Reunion Islands. He, he, he's, he's quite. Yeah, he looks. Yeah. If you would sort of say, you would probably could be South American, could be yes. South American. Okay. Yeah, and then nice. that's it, isn't that's it? it. Yep, that's but it. that's not it, really, is it? Because it's not about the football; it's about him finding out that his dad saw him play. Oh mm. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and so yeah. he says he's shouting to Anna Friel when when I played against Fulham, my dad saw me play. He saw me play, and that's how the film ends. Yes, which I think is quite a moving ending. Really, it's it's like a it's like the Rocky ending almost. Yes. It's not about the match; it's about the family and the love. And yeah, this film did not need to be as good as it was. 
true. <laughs> yeah. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot worse, yeah. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I, I think competent is a good word to describe it. Mm. I feel like it tells a story, it puts enough obstacles in his way, yes. and he sort of overcomes them. I mean, it doesn't sort of reinvent the wheel, but no. I think that there's no um, Holocaust survivors in it. There's no nope. French resistance. No. Yeah, okay. So it's missing a lot of those details to any classic football tale (laughs) but it's it's a good sports story well told Mm. let's go on to the bits then what is your favorite scene uh pete um i just think i liked you put me on the spot there can you go to uh, vicky first now sure yes you can so when um santi's sort of living his life of excess to have that narrative curl there Mm. it's like and it's the scene you talked about before about the agents Sean Pertwee is like the sort of wheeler dealer agent making a shit ton of money. Sean Pertwee is not Santi's agent and he tries to convince him to sign with him. And I tell you what, that man has never been better. When he leans forward and he's like, I tell you what, I'll get you a gap ad. <laughs> yeah. And then it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Like, was that written? Did he improv it? It's incredible. Mm. It stands head and shoulders <laughs> above anything else in this It's next film. to when he's in the pool where he's going, yeah, I'm in a meeting. I'm in a meeting. You can hear you splashing about me. <laughs> I fucking love that. I'll get you a gap ad. Amazing. <laughs> but said like he's ed. killing him. Amazing. <laughs> get you out of those boot cuts. I, I really like, I think it's the moment where he gets onto the training ground and there's a long, like a, a longing kind of like lusty shot of like the, the, the main Newcastle United oh, team. Oh yeah, there is. And it reminded me not only about how the team was quite good back then, <laughs> uh, but also, you know, Alan Shearer. It's just seeing Alan Shearer in kind of soft focus, 24 frames per second, this beautiful kind of like widescreen format. You're like, oh, come on. We, I feel the same about Alan Shearer because I'm from Blackburn. So mm, yeah, all, exactly. Yeah, it's all there. Did you, did you get a semi when he was doing his thighs? It was, there's something no. beautiful about him. I think 50 seemed a bit low. Yeah, because he's like he's known as having some big old big old chomping legs. Well, can, well, like, the, whack a ball. So like, well, the joke is that Santi's doing the leg machine, and then Shira comes over, gets him out of his seat. He should be in the same ballpark and, and, as a forward player. He should be in the same ballpark as Alan Shearer. <laughs> he puts on a, a much heavier weight, and then sort of looks at him quite smugly and grins. Yeah. Um, it's a funny moment. Actually. It's a funny moment, yeah. and not a bad bit of you know motion. Acting, <laughs> he doesn't really speak, does he? Is, does he speak? No, that's how you. That's how you should use footballers at movies, though, right. isn't it? Don't it, let me speak. Give, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So it's football. That rule is for footballers and Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think I've told that story when Stallone visited the set of Master of the Universe. He said to the director, "What are you doing?" And he said, "Well, I'm shooting the film." And he goes, "You've given him lines. We, di- we didn't give him lines in Rocky. You don't give that guy lines." Um, I really like the scene where he's running along the beach in slow motion while Cast No Shadow plays. Ugh. I think that's strangely beautiful and magical. I would just be like, I've come from LA to, to this. <laughs> no. Yeah, but rocky, I think you've though. got to embrace... Yeah, but that's kind of why I like it, mm. though, I think. I think you've got to embrace that beauty of Newcastle. It's freezing cold, but Ooh, you've got these the very dramatic skylines yeah. and... and Grace, a, it, it is a good-looking city. If you're going to play for United... Yeah, you want to get off that black pudding? Uh, what's in the black pudding? Ah, <laughs> oh, you didn't want to know. You don't want to know. They, they were scared of saying Devon. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pig's blood. It's pig's blood. It's lovely. <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, I, I did make me want some black pudding. I know, it's really nice. Oh. Such a dirty secret. Oh. <laughs> um, so Pete has more time to prepare for the th- 
the questions that I texted him a few days ago. <laughs> um, Vicky, who was your favourite character? Gavin. Gavin is fucking Gavin brilliant. Harris, yeah, um, yeah. Gavin, Alessandro Nivola, he makes uh, Newcastle clubbing and high life look quite enticing. And that's <laughs> quite a feat. Yeah. Um, the only problem is he drinks Budweiser, which I do have no truck with, but presumably mm. because this whole film is one massive advert... It's that's, probably been... Yeah, that's fine. That's uh, mm. pre-agreed. But I can work, it's something I can work with. You know what mm. I mean? He doesn't always have to drink Budweiser. So he's my favourite. I, I loved him. I thought he was brilliant. Mm. So he's um, my most valuable person. Peter? Uh, I really... The most valuable person, I like uh, the grandma, who obviously is the linchpin for the whole thing. She is. Um, uh, because she's very beautiful. She is. She's, her, a good, good yeah, looking, yeah. she's a good-looking old lady. And I was yeah. like... And I was like Mm, and a good yeah. person. Mm. Yeah, she's loves deceased her now. Actors uh, deceased now, unfortunately. What a legacy! It's really weird. Um, <laughs> it's really weird. Why is that really weird? No, Sexy grandma. <laughs> uh, Don't shame him. Yeah, I actually had Sean Pertwee as sleazy agent Barry yeah. Rankin, but but then he has very little to do with the actual yeah. plot, does he? Well, yeah. no, he I picked have... I picked something or someone <laughs> that has even less to do. Um, I really like uh, Sven Joran Eriksson's cameo because oh, <laughs> they're in a bar and he's just in the background chatting up a woman. Yeah, of course he is. I just think that's very funny oh, to slip that in there. That's fair, yeah, as, yeah. as he so did many times. Come on. Uh, and finally, what would you change, Peter? I would have changed how Newcastle played that season, if I remember <laughs> rightly. Um, I I would have liked to have seen his Newcastle career continue into goal two. Okay. Not necessarily a criticism of this film. Yeah, I was going to say the financiers might not have been as keen on that. No. Do we stick with Newcastle or do we take it to Real Madrid? Mm. <laughs> Galacticos or... Listen, goal three looked like it was edited on a Gizmondo, so... <laughs> They've made some missteps in their time. <laughs> I would have changed the font at the start. <laughs> the E? Um, just, I've said it before, but I think we need to deal with the fact that when Santi is spotted by Stephen Delane, it is that white saviour thing of like, you, mm. couldn't, you couldn't possibly have done anything for yourself, even though you've been through the US school system, presumably, and they're quite good at spotting people that are, yep. that are good at sport. And now yep. he might not have been eligible for a has scholarship. He, has he been through the school system? Is He's he an illegal to, alien. But you can still go to school. Okay. I don't um, know about, much well, about this hosp- as you clearly his, his do. His hospital was like a, kind of one of those free hospitals, wasn't it? Yeah. I seem to recall. With his asthma. Where do you get his asthma from? This is the thing, because you need it all the time. Well, And it's his debilitating. The thing that gets me is, though, as an an asthmatic who takes drugs every morning and evening, Mm. uh, as an asthma asthma sufferer, um, stay on top of your preventatives. Yeah, exactly. Your brown medicine. I know exactly what you're talking about. Look, look, if you're going to take your Paul McCart, and you wouldn't need your Bluey. (laughs) That's true. You wouldn't need your Bricanil. (laughs) I totally hear you. I completely hear you. Paul Scholes an asthmatic. David Beckham was an asthmatic. It's the fact Gary, that Gary Mabbott. No, he's um, got um, diabetes. Oh shit! Not the same. <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> I, I do know that. I just lungs and blood. What's, what's is it? Blood? No. Uh, no, it's your pancreas. It's your pancreas. There we go. <laughs> Move on. From anyway, <laughs> just that. Just there should have been his dad. Santi's dad is like, you'll never play football. Don't follow mm. your dreams. There should have been a moment or an explanation that he's done something much more active to prevent his son from following his dreams because it makes no sense that he's this good mm. and it takes a random encounter in a park to move his career on. Yeah. The dad was too busy looking after Ugly Betty. 
Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And um, drinking better beers, actually, I noticed. I just, he was, yeah. I just his dream was to buy a van and wear denim. Yeah. And he wants his son to just wear denim and yeah. have it be in his van. Bootcut denim. Bootcut denim. <laughs> um, mine is, although I think, as I keep coming back to this word competent, I think Danny Cannon directed it very competently. Mm. I would have liked to have seen the Michael Winterbottom version. Yeah. I think it would have been something, it would have been gritty, honest, yeah. a bit more real. And it might have transcended the sports movie in the way that, say, 24-hour party people mm. isn't just like a music movie. It's, a, mm. it's, yeah. got, it's got a lot to say. I, I, I liked um, Kuno Becker as, as the lead. I Me thought too. he was believable. Yeah. He was, yeah. he was, he was a, a, adorable at times. I thought yeah. he was a... And he, he's not... I think he was in Dallas. Yeah, was yeah he was. was yeah. Played a, a character called Drew Ramos in Dallas. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. In between one and two and three, I think he did an indie film with, uh, I want to say, Macaulay Culkin and Eliza Dushku. Mm-hmm. I do, hear about? I, do, I do wonder what happened with three, though, in terms of if, if the focus shifted away from him, I wonder if mm. that was his decision or their decision. Yeah, um, he it, it just looked like they'd filmed it in a in a house <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> you have shown me some of the green screen because I believe I've seen two, but I can't remember it. So I don't know what that yeah. says about it. But it would, three. Be, it would be an interesting hair watch three. It's probably on YouTube <laughs> like goal one is. <laughs> Right, uh, if that's all we've got to say on that one, uh, we are moving on to our quiz. Oh, yay. Exciting. So, uh, on another day, I would have made it football focused. I thought no. you were going to. No, well, that's not, Vicky, not fair, I try and make it fair, but it's difficult. I can't move away from sport entirely. Mm. Okay. So, um, I've got I've a, invented a new spot. I've got a quiz we're called, all play it. I've got a quiz called Name That Athlete. So these are she she always does this, and then she gets like three right, and she goes, "Oh, this is the best quiz I've ever done." Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the name of a character in a film, and then you need to tell me the name of the athlete turned actor who played that character. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. So the the actor is in the film. Wait, no, what? What? Why have you got the wire across your face? Sorry, it's so (laughs) weird. Seems like you'd put a mask over you. I just head. want to put a barrier between me and him. You just need to say <laughs> which question. athlete turned actor played this role. Okay, okay so, right. and they're in the film. It's not like that. Do you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't. You soon pick these up very quickly. Yeah. And I'm going to say the name of the character. And if no one gets it, I'll tell you the name of the film. Got it. Okay. Okay. Bullet Tooth Tony. Oh. Bullet Tooth Tony. Don't know. The okay. film is Snatch. Vinnie Jones. Correct. Oh, cracker. <laughs> See? Now, I'm now she likes it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I'm in. Yep, great. Let's go. Okay. Uh, the character is Kazam. Kazam. Sounds a bit superhero-y. The film is Kazam. <laughs> oh, I don't know. His oh, name. Magic Johnson. From 1996. Uh, incorrect. Shaquille O'Neal? Yes. Oh, correct. Very good. So I have picked... What I've done is I've picked world-famous athletes rather than sort of... Right. John Walk, for example. <laughs> uh, yes, I don't know. Um, played the T1000. What? Um, in with the arms. In, with the metal. in the Terminator. The, the characters. What? Arnold oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's called the T1000. You said it first. Did, Arnold did Schwarzenegger. He, did he play? Did he. Right. Is that a sport? He in, was an athlete. What? He's muscle man. Yeah. Yeah, he was Mr. Universe. I th- I is think- that an, I'm not having that. That's just a lifting stuff. No, it's, an, it's in the Olympics. <laughs> All right, fair dues. <laughs> um, <laughs> played Nordberg. Um, sounds like something out in a film we've pants. covered on. I know, I know. The titles. <laughs> really I don't listen. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. I do know, Mr. T. No, wait. <laughs> he was a bouncer in the Naked Gun. 
Oh, O.J. Simpson. Yes, yes. correct. <laughs> Vicky. Come on. We only did it like a month ago. I know. I've told you a million times this is not how my brain works. Um, now, I said athlete. Not, not necessarily professional sport. You'll see what okay. I mean. Played Thunderlips. Um, Match Man Randy Savage. No, that was Buzzsaw. Incorrect. Buzzsaw. Uh, You're on the right route, though. Yeah. What's his name? In the film, uh, the, the character is Thunderlips, and the film is Rocky Three. Uh, I've Hulk Hogan. Um, Hulk Hogan is correct. Yay! Uh, played Monsieur de Foix. <laughs> I'll give you the film because it's tougher. Uh, in hu- historical drama, Elizabeth. Ooh. Oh, um... Oh. Eric Cantona? Correct. Yes! yes! <laughs> well done! Correct. I'm killing it. Oh, uh, this person voiced the character Hamilton. Oh, um, don't know. In the film Cars 3. The Rock? Mm. Mm, uh, what's, the what clue is in is the it? question. What, Hamilton? Hamilton? Oh, Lewis Hamilton. Correct. Oh, right. That's a bit of room one, isn't it? <laughs> Took you Who long enough to that? get there. Why didn't it? It's, it's weird. A car. In the credits, it says that in Cars 2, he was Lewis, and in Cars 3, he was Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he only answers to one or two names. Lovely old okay. job. Um, all right, this this uh, this woman played Kara, and I'll give you the film in Fast and Furious Seven, and I can give you her sport as well if you would like. Yes, please. Uh, UFC was her sport. Oh, Ronda is that Rousey? kicking people? No. Correct. Oh, <laughs> That's why I put her in. Uh, all right, this guy played a character called Roger Murdoch, uh, and the film is Airplane. It's, I know who it is. Yeah. He was sitting there. Yeah. And he plays basketball. Yeah. And I don't know his name. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'll give you half a point for All right, that. I'll take it. Uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <clears throat> we could have been there for a million years and I would have never got that. Played a character called Trigger. Right. In the film King Arthur. Beckham. David Beckham. Oh. Correct. And it was a stinking performance. It really was. <laughs> All right, uh, two left. Uh,. This guy played a character called Hail Caesar. Yes. In The Expendables, because they all had cracking names in that. Terry Crews? Terry Crews! Oh. Who the fuck is Terry Crews? Um, you know him. In, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's Nine-Nine. in a lot of comedy films. Okay. He is built like a brick shit house. Okay. And finally, uh, plays a, played a character called Fezzik. No. Uh, the movie is The Princess Bride. Oh, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. I wasn't into the quiz. <clears throat> You've very you much stormed like, it. Very Don't much like Vicky, I, I wasn't into the quiz. <laughs> okay. But now I'm very into the quiz. <laughs> I don't think you've got anything to worry about. I think, in, uh, in the same way that I hope that you got into football a little bit <laughs> by watching these terrible films. <laughs> uh, that was a drubbing. Yeah, uh, it was nine to Pete, two and a half to Vicky. It's my worst two things, is trying to remember who was in stuff. Combined with sports people, yeah, I I'm not very good at films. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I said this before. I've certainly haven't said it this on the podcast. This is my first appearance. But Alex um, said we, I think me and I think Chris were in the room, and Alex said, "Oh, it'd be like giving uh, Peter a film show because he doesn't know anything about film." And even though. I know nothing about film. <laughs> I got really upset about that. <laughs> Needlessly upset. It's like go, it's like going, Pete, you know nothing about croquet. And I'm going, I could know something about croquet. I, if I try. Might. Yeah, I could I bloody might. try. Yeah. So this quiz in many ways <laughs> brought me right back round.
Well, you did well, Pete. Cheers, mate. You're a hero to me. Thanks, guys. Right, as we go into the verdict, um, I'm going to read out some tweets. This week we asked for tweets about these two films Mm. for the first time, and we got some great stuff in. So, uh, here's a handful. Uh, Bath Bite said, um, has to be escaped to victory just for the childhood memories that come with watching it. Mm. Uh, I quite agree. That was a lot of it for me. Um, Kerry says they very much like how Santiago says full ham. (laughs) (laughs) Full ham. Um... (laughs) John No says, in my view, both of these films pale into insignificance against the might that is Sean Bean and When Saturday Comes. Yeah, terrible um, football scenes, though, in that. Even yeah. Sean Bean, who is quite a good footballer, looks terrible. Uh, Robbie says, how does a kid playing Sunday League football in California end up securing Champions League football for Newcastle in the space of roughly three months? Might if uh, Newcastle United can't do it. <laughs> uh there is no way Escape to Victory doesn't win, says says Gary. Uh, and he talks about the story about Stallone and Pele doing penalties. Mm. Uh, and uh, Lee says, sorry, no, cont- no contest for me. As much as I love Newcastle, Escape to Victory all the way. Mm. And finally, we've got a bit of an essay here from Adam, who says, what undermines both films are their ridiculous footy moves that don't actually happen in the beautiful game. Nunez's goals all seem to be scissor kicks from gravity to flying heights. <laughs> and the rainbow kick that Ardiles pulls out of a great, is a great trick, but a rare phenomenon. In fact, Neymar was even booked for showmanship for doing a rainbow kick recently. You can't get booked for showmanship. I'm not having that. I, I thought that. You can't do that. If he was booked for showmanship, that's terrible refereeing. He sent me footage of it. <laughs> Being a dickhead is not illegal. Oh, video unavailable. <laughs> video unavailable. Um, so, yeah, Adam's claiming that has no place in the modern game. I would say that Kuno Becker, as an actor, had very much one move, and that was like a kind of like a, a rotation, kind of like flicky yeah. thing. Well, he was not a footballer. No, he was actually, it, it, it would have been, would it have been too much for him to be a bit better at football? Because <laughs> there's a lot of like, headshot. Football shot. Headshot. Football shot. Adam Adam ends his tweet tirade by saying, uh, both films are enjoyable with with soul. Goal narrowly takes the win, largely because of two factors, Anna and Friel. Bit sexist, that. Um, Best footy movie, though. (laughs) He might like Anna Friel as an actor. Like her accent. Her her accent or an actor or (laughs) maybe really into childbirth, I don't know. And Adam says, the best footy movie is probably The Damned United, even if it's a lesser version of the book, Mm. which is spectacular. So, the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! Shall we let our guests go first? Yes. Peter, which of these films was better? I, in some small, weird part of my head, I regard A Skip to Victory as being uh, the Brexiteer's choice, so I'm going to go for goal. <laughs> it's a bit Brexit. It's a bit oh, shit. men who are a generation of men who are obsessed with the war, making films about the war in the 1980s. <laughs> You're escaping is just some bloody upper crust game. <laughs> a line from the film, you could say that about Brexit as well. True. Uh, Vicky. Um, uh, I wanted to pick Goal because I, th- I found it more enjoyable. Thought mm. Escape, which was just bananas. Like, it just, it's a bonkers film. <laughs> but, shots. <laughs> but because it's not a walking advert, I'm going to pick Escape to Victory. Oh, dear. Oh so dear. I have the deciding vote this week. Um, well, I like the way that... that Goal throws everything in it from from immigration. There's there's trials, fights, agents, booze, romance, death, and Newcastle. Mm. It's a lot of stuff going yeah. on. Um, but the thing for me about Escape to Victory, there's that childhood thing. I've got the nostalgia thing, mm. which I don't know. Maybe elevates it a bit for me. I still get those same emotions coming to the forefront at the end that I did when I was a kid. But I think 
it's not just a good football movie. I think it's also quite an entertaining war movie. So mm. as you're getting two for the price of one, I'm going Escape to Victory. Okay. Which okay. makes me feel bad that our guest is a loser, that's but you won right. the quiz. I support Newcastle United, mate. <laughs> so that's it. Escape to Victory is the winner. Uh, right. Uh, next week, Vicky, uh, you are picking the films. Yeah, I am picking. So I'm going to give Alex a film in his absence. But first of all, I'll give you your film, Chris. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. The genesis of next week's show. I'm going <laughs> Um, I said, should we let Pete pick the films? And Alex, Alex said no. <laughs> Did he really? I'm going to hit him. <laughs> I'm going to kick him in the I think, shin paddle I think that's, that was when I was just general, when I hadn't specified who the guest was going to be, right. but if we have a guest, they should pick the films. No, but week. then you said it would be Pete, and he looked terrified. And you, said, know the, no, you, know the, you know the film 300? Is it yeah. 300? Yeah. Who's yeah. the guy who's the main guy on that? Uh, that is the Scotsman, Gerard Butler. Gerard, Gerard Butler. Butler. He did a terrible football film. Uh, oh, with the mu- yeah, with, with the, 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 the mums, where he just had sex with a lot of mums, and he's like him. a he's like a retired footballer. Yeah, um, do you want to do, do, do that, that one next week? Do that one next <laughs> week. I watched that in uh, on holiday. And if you come back, we'll pair it with purely better. Ah, <laughs> lovely. There's been uh, some terrible football films, hasn't there? Jeez, a lot. It's a global game. There's been ten good ones though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you finished? Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, Chris. Next week, I would like you to talk about Alien. Oh, so much to say! I know, but get this because Alex is going to talk about aliens. Oh, no way! No way! She went there. Amazing. Uh, So, do tell us what you think of those two films, uh, and we will read them out. That's Alien and Aliens. Mm -hmm. What could the connection be? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, If you want to write to us, the email address is show at clashpod.com and we are at clashpod on Twitter. Uh, Do let us know what you thought about this show and some thoughts about next week. Um, And thank you, Pete. Uh, Where can people find you, listen to you, watch you? Uh, You uh, you listen to me all over the place. Football Ramble, abroad in Japan, wrestle me. Luke and Peach, I'm just endlessly podcasting. I'm a big fan of Wrestle Me. Endlessly Even podcasting. if you don't like wrestling like me, mm. it's worth a listen because it's very entertaining. Just broken men <laughs> breaking their lives. <laughs> it is, it is weirdly depressing some weeks. It is, it's not, it's yeah. not even about the wrestling. It's about that kind of beautiful <laughs> kind of like, kind of um, uh, middle, middle land between uh, the in, in-ring stuff and men who are losing their goddamn minds frequently on drugs. Will you come back when we talk about two wrestling films then? <laughs> there aren't That's... two wrestling films, are there? Yeah. No holds the barred. Wrestler. The wrestler no holds barred. I'll yeah. send the rest though. Yeah. Okay. All right, fine. What about M- M- MacGruber? has a lot of wrestlers in it and they all die at the start of it. I love MacGruber. <laughs> um, and thank you out there for listening. We really mm. appreciate it. Uh, Pete, as you are our, f- our first ever guest, do you want to have the final word, but it can only be one word? Goal! <laughs> <laughs> This was a Stakhanov production.